Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> Yo, what is up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show. This is episode 212. I am your host, Travis. I know this show is going to look a bit different here. Um, me and Justin have been hanging out all weekend. Uh, we went racing again yesterday and uh, Justin didn't want to drive all the way back to the studio to do the show today. Plus he had some stuff to do. So he is going to be on the phone here with me in just a few minutes. Um, we also got Kev Moran's calling in later to kind of talk about his day yesterday. Um, but yeah, so no, no real, uh, video on this. This is more just a voice recording with the, with the background. But, um, anyway, before we, uh, before we jump into this, like I said, this is show 212, big shout out to our sponsors. First off, I want to thank our presenting sponsors, Energy Fuel, the best fucking drink out there. Keep yourself fueled, energized, and strong from start to finish. Pick yours up today at coachrobstore.com. Used it yesterday in between motos for racing. So that was cool. Um, also want to thank Premier Custom Trailers who we use for our trailer needs that we use to go to the races. So if you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry, specializing in all your trailer needs, sales, service, parts, or rentals. They do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. And our final presenting sponsor, TLR Coatings, Michigan's number one custom powder coating shop. From two-tone wheels, motorcycle frames, small batch production jobs, TLR Coatings will powder coat anything metal the right way. Looking for custom Coating? They do that too. TLR Coatings, serving southwest Michigan and the surrounding areas for over five years. Check them out at TLRCoatings.com or on all the major social media networks at TLR Coatings. Also on board with us here... Alias Sport, Holster Co., Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutter Works, Isaac Nelson Designs, and Clutch Media. Links in the description down below, discount codes, all that kind of good stuff for those places. So make sure to check them all out and support them and tell them that you came from the Moto Aftermath show. Um, if you want to buy merch, such as the Dylan Danger Zone shirt uh, for the last couple of rounds of outdoors here, um, if you want to uh, buy something on Amazon that we get a small slice of, if you want to just donate via Patreon, um, all that stuff in the link down below. And the easiest way and the free way to help us out is to like, subscribe, and comment down below. So, as I said here, um, on this episode, on the phone with me, it is the usual co-host. It is Justin. Hi, buddy. What's up, man? I'm really sad that you're not here today. I thought we were going to spend <laughs> all weekend together. Look, man, we got all weekend next weekend. We got all weekend at the end of the month. It's September. <laughs> it's fine, bro. It's fucking fine. I mean, honestly, it's not looking too promising uh, to go racing next weekend because, uh, yeah, the temperature went back up. Every single day here when I check the weather this morning. So I'm probably going to make that call either tomorrow or Tuesday because, yeah, yeah, it's not looking it's not looking great. For well, this you weekend. know, we'll still have Friday and Saturday, so it's fun. Yeah. And, I mean, we'll still go and have a good time. For those of you who don't know, we are going to be at the Ironman National Friday and Saturday next week. Um, so if you do see us, make sure to uh, make sure to come up, say hi. 
snag a photo with us, tag us, all that kind of good stuff. But yeah, we'll be we'll be down there in Indiana, hanging out, supporting Kev and all the other guys that we know, and uh, yeah, checking out the action down there. Um, on this episode here, we're gonna wrap up uh, all the action from Bud's Creek here. Um, we are gonna wrap up the Deegan Bike Gate um, because I think now all of the all the sides of the story are out there, at least for how everyone wants to tell them. So I just kind of want to do a wrap up on that. I know we kind of ranted last week, and uh, I've definitely listened to some stuff. I, I have some some final thoughts on that. Um, I don't really have a holster co rant for this week. Justin, you got one or? Um, no, not really. I mean, I didn't hear anything stupid as far as like live timing and guys and, you know, privateers getting screwed like we did last weekend. Uh, I didn't really have a uh, problem. You know, I got to watch the broadcast today. I didn't hear, I didn't, I didn't feel there was any problem with the broadcast. Uh, no, not really. Yeah. Honest really, with you. I think, I don't really have I think we'll find. We'll see if we find, no. I'll see if I figure out one while we're doing the show. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, so that little bit of, uh, motocross and nations here. Um, and yeah, maybe a few few other things, couple couple rumors we can go over. Um, yep. So okay, so let's start off here before we get started with the uh, with the race review here. Let's just cover this, and we've already covered this quite a bit, and everybody else has. And Justin, you and I have talked about this because we've been together all weekend. So if there's anything you want to add, you can add it at the end. Okay. So I've been listening very diligently and trying to break this down, this whole Deegan, uh, uh, bike claim thing. There were, there were a lot of things thrown out right away. There were a lot of people, including myself that jumped down the throats of a, of a bunch of the bunch of the industry people, um, and everything. And, uh, so from what I've listened to, from what I've heard, from what I know, from what I, what I've, what I've deduced here, um, through reasoning. And I give a real big shout out to, um, Michael Lindsay over at vital. Um, he did a great job getting all the interviews of pretty much everyone involved. Um, Steve over at Pulp MX, he did a pretty good job of getting most of the people on to kind of talk to them. Um, there, there has been some investigative journalism. Um, now as far as it goes, like Michael Lindsay is the most, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for here, Justin? He's the most um, uh, middle of the road, uh, not non yeah. non biased uh, person doing interviews. Um, Steve did interview everyone, but there was definitely a bias because he does get bikes from Yamaha. He is really close friends with a lot of these guys. Not that Michael's not, but I don't. Michael's just a different kind of friend with a lot it's a weird situation vitals vitals always done a pretty good job and even though guy b doesn't have as much to do with it anymore people over at vital that i've always done a pretty good job of staying neutral with things so i've had my comments about michael Lindsay in the past but i will say i do agree with your assessment i would say he's pretty middle of the road like now obviously there are guys that he's friends with more than others but because he has kind of been there done that other than being a and I do air quotes pro uh, he's been in the industry for a while. So he kind of knows the ins and outs. So yeah, I would say that he's probably been the most neutral of anyone in this whole situation, in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, I thought he did a really good job. He's got a three part series where he interviews pretty much everyone. Um, so go check that out. It's over on their YouTube page and uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think. So like I said, I've listened to this on every single side of the coin. Um, I've listened to all the Cooksey stuff. I've listened to all of the stuff from um, Johnny. I've listened to the Vital stuff. I've listened to all the stuff from Steve. I've 
I've broke this down in my mind a gazillion ways. I've tried to read between the lines with everything. Um, so what I'm going to kind of do is go through and give like a breakdown of who I think was involved, what was involved, and then um, uh, and then we'll we'll just uh, you know I'll just final thoughts it here, um, not to spend you know like hours and hours on this. So first point I'd like to make: number one, I'm sick of people. Of the, of the people that were involved asking the kid, well, why are you claiming the bike? Okay, we all have agreed. It does not matter why he's claiming the bike. If he wants to roll that thing in, like out in the middle of the road at Loretta's, take a shit on it and light it on fire, that's his fucking prerogative, okay? If he wants to claim that bike, it does not matter what he wants to do with it. It is there for his bike. He can claim it. That's the first thing. <sighs> I have that in big uppercase letters like... Why are you doing this? Who gives a fuck? It doesn't fucking matter. Okay. Mm -hmm. He wants to spend his 17 grand. He wants to buy the star Yamaha bike. If he wants to fucking blow it up with Tannerite, he can. doesn't fucking matter. Anyway. Okay. So, uh, Don, Donnie Luz, is that how you say his name? Uh, Donnie Lutz. Yeah. Yeah. Don Donnie, Donnie Lutz from Yamaha. I don't really think that guy was involved in this in any major way whatsoever. Um, in listening to interviews, if you guys have listened to him, he, from what I understand, did send... Uh, the motor out to um, uh, the kid. His fuck. I don't have the kid's name written down here, and it's escaping me right Brandon now. Brandon Schofield. Brandon Schofield. They did send the motors out that they said um, that he was going to get. Uh, he did even say in the interview that like, yeah, the whole sending him to the to the goat farm to ride the star bike might have been overstepping his boundaries a little bit. So we don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but I don't think he had any influence in making the kid not claim the bike. So he's off the table. Tim Cotter, as much as I do not like this guy, and Justin, you and I had an extensive conversation about this last night, we mm -hmm. also don't feel that he really did anything wrong wrong. There was a couple things. Okay, he should not have been in a room alone with Brian Deegan and the kid. And he openly admits that. And in fact, even the AMA guy, uh, Birkin, um, yeah. admits too that like, yeah, we probably need to rewrite this rule that you have to be an adult, aka 18, or have an adult with you in order to claim a bike, which I think that rule will be changed at least to that by next year. So there were a few small mistakes made, but as far as convincing this kid not to take the bike, I also don't blame him. Um... Now we kind of get into, um, oh, and, uh, and Brian Deegan, I also, uh, or here we go. Let's, let's do this. So, uh, uh, Birkin, um, from AMA, uh, what, what was his name? What's his first name? Mike Birkin. Mike Birkin. Um, he didn't have anything to do with the kid not taking the bike. As far as I'm concerned, he, uh, did everything by the book the way he was supposed to, um, yeah, he. I, I don't put any fault on him. Um, I also another thing. I do not put any fault on Brian Deegan. I mean, there are people out there that are gonna you know scream and yell. Okay, the he is his his major concern from what I gather in all this was someone trying to say that they were cheating. Which it for anyone out there who is saying that they were cheating, it's a fucking mod class. It doesn't fucking matter. The two rules are you can't change the bore, you can't change the stroke. And to that extent, who gives a fuck? Loretta's has always been run what you brung. It, 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 that's a way of life. If you don't understand that, then you don't understand racing, 
period. And you probably shouldn't be racing. Okay. So I understand Deegan's concern of like, look, dude, we've worked really hard to build out this YouTube or this internet following and everything. So like, I understand his frustration. I understand why he was mad. I understand him wanting to ask the kid and to, to make sure that this isn't what the kid's trying to do, you know? Um, but like I said, as far as, as far as I can tell, I don't put any blame on Brian either for the kid not taking the bike. Now we're going to get down to the two linchpins in this whole thing that I think is what caused this. And we'll never know the full truth, but this is what I have deduced from listening to all of this. Number one would be Matt Walker. Matt Walker is, and I've never met the guy from what I can tell, a hot tempered piece of shit. Um, <laughs> that's putting it mildly. He there. I've listened to several interviews. His story never lines up with anyone else's. His story doesn't really jive. There's a lot of people that are kind of downplaying the fact that he went off on the motor builder, that he was fucking yelling at the kid, all this shit. And to be completely honest, Matt Walker was the trainer of this kid. Okay. What I want out of someone who's on my team, whether it is a, a trainer, a motor builder, a, a chassis guy, whatever, I want you to have my back. No matter what decision I'm making, even if you don't fully agree with it, I don't want you yelling at me telling me how stupid I am. From what I've gathered, Matt Walker went balls out yelling at this kid, telling him not to do this. Um, so I think that was the first major linchpin in all of this. Um, the other major linchpin, and this is the one that I have not heard an interview from yet that we've only gotten small snippets of they've talked to so-and-so and said this, would be the dealership in Canada um, that has, uh, th that that sponsored Brennan. Um, they... From what I gather, talked to Matt Walker before Matt Walker even talked to the kid and was like, we don't want this to happen. And if you listen to the Burkeen interview, Burkeen says that the dealership came to the AMA office and said, we don't want this to happen. We do not want this to happen. They didn't want their name tied to it. They didn't want it to happen. So I believe those are the two linchpins that caused this whole bike claim thing to really boom, pop off and go the way it did. I don't blame Yamaha. I don't blame Star Racing. I don't blame Brian Deegan. I don't blame AMA or MX Sports. It's literally, I think it comes down to whatever was said between the dealership and the kid's dad and then the way Matt Walker went about it. And I think those are our two major linchpins that caused him not to get the bike and to drop the claim. And now from what I understand, now there is a little caveat here with Brandon himself. Um, and this is one thing that I'm like, dude, you really need to get out in front of this because you're making yourself look bad here. So he keeps going out and saying, well, they took the bikes back. They took the bikes back. So my understanding is his deal with the dealership was only to have the bikes until the Walton race, which was last week or what the week after Loretta's, whatever you want to call it. So from my understanding, he was going to have to give those bikes back after last week anyway now he's out there saying oh they took the bikes back i don't have any bikes to ride blah 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 this that and the other thing okay that's fine and they did and you're not lying 
But from what I understand, that was the deal from the start. So they're not really now. Did they choose not to continue the deal? That's maybe I haven't really heard anything about that. Um, but that may be a thing. I'm not really sure. So we'll we'll have to see what comes of that. Um, but all in all, what this comes down to is this comes down to a trainer not having his kids back. And then it comes down to a dealership um, also panicking about the whole situation which the dealership it's like what the fuck do you care like this is the stupidest thing i've ever heard if you don't have in my opinion if you don't have balls for something like this to happen and you don't think your dealership can fucking continue because you think that this is going to cause them it first off any and and they said this on pulp any any uh sales or marketing person that would get a call that says hey this kid claimed one of our race bikes at a race, which is a legitimate rule. We're going to pull the 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 dealer license for this dealership in Canada because of that would laugh so fucking hard at the person making that phone call. It would be ridiculous. There is no way they pull a dealership fucking contract because some kid claimed a fucking race bike and they sponsored that kid. No fucking way. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. It's it. I mean, it is so dumb. And then, like I said, then you go to Matt Walker. And personally, honestly, if I'm any of the kids that train at the Moto X compound under Matt Walker, I leave right now. My trainer should have my back with my decisions no matter what the fuck I'm doing. And when it comes down to something like this, there is no way that you should be, if you want to calmly tell me like, hey, I don't think this is a good idea, but it's your decision. But if you're screaming and yelling at me that this is stupid, you should not be doing this. Fuck you. I'm out. And again, I'm out of that fucking facility. This guy, from what I understand, doesn't have a great rep with things like that. Like it, it sounds terrible to me. So I don't know. That's my breakdown of it. That's the final update, the the ending, the closing, the final chapter of this Deegan bike saga as far as I'm concerned. Justin, do you have anything to add to this? No, man. I mean, we talked about this a lot on the way to the track on Saturday, and I pretty much, you know, we're both in agreement with a lot of this stuff, like Yamaha, MX Sports, AMA, whatever, like Donnie, Mike, Tim Cotter. They were just basically going in and – protecting quote unquote their brand like they didn't want they want they wanted to be on the right side of things early they wanted to get their voices out i do agree it's a little ridiculous and there's already some plans in place to change this rule as far as next year and going forward but they were just protecting themselves like they didn't want to you know they wanted to have their first comments before anybody else or before brennan um as far as Deegan's concern is what it is like, you know, he, he was like, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't want us you saying we're cheaters or whatever, but yeah, as far as Matt Walker's concerned, I've had, I don't know Matt personally. I've met him a few different times, but I've, I was around when he was racing. He's, that's just always been, he's kind he's cocky. He's pot tempered. Um, the dealership, as far as Canada goes, yeah, I don't really understand why they thought this would affect them. Um, nobody's really going to give a shit like, Oh, you claimed Hayden Deegan's bike. Like, look, Hayden Deegan may be super popular, but it's not like he's super fucking popular in Canada. Like nobody really gives a shit. It's nothing's going to happen, whatever. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, all I know is, is that if everybody is really concerned about this whole rule and we talked about this and, you know, every other people have said the kind of the same thing, like, Hey, this rule shouldn't be in place. Like, you know, the only thing that I'm upset about, and I've said this a million times and I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Bobby Regan. I don't care if it's, you know, somebody Yamaha, whoever, like they can say, Oh, we didn't have any unobtainium parts. Like, look, that bike may have not been a Justin Cooper or Nick Romano bike, but there's still some parts in there that not just anybody can get. And the thing in my opinion is, is that if everybody's worried about, Hey, somebody claiming the bike, then you know what? You guys need to go in and strong arm AMA and MX sports and make the rule not a thing. You know, that's, that's your guys's problem. But as far as, as far as anything else is concerned, yeah. Yamaha, you know, Deegan, MX sports, AMA, like I don't really put them at fault. Um, I, I think that basically, they didn't bully the kid, but obviously it's kind of one of those things. You don't know what you don't know. He's a 17 year old kid, never had to deal with a business transaction. Um, and that's basically obviously what it is. We talked about this as well. And like I said, it's not like they lied to him, but they probably use the advantage of, Hey, we know some things that you don't, but as far as like anything else goes no, I mean, I don't know. This whole story has gotten way out of hand. I'm, I'm kind of sick of hearing about it. I'm sick of hearing about the bullshit from the Deegans. I mean, not them personally, but I'm sick of hearing about the he said, she said is what it like. Look, if we've learned anything about this whole thing is, is that you need to change the rule if it's going to be that big of a thing moving forward. That's that's all there is to it. Like, we just need to fucking change the rule, you know, like so. Yeah, I, I'm still I feel bad for Brennan because he is going to kind of get not blackballed. I think that's too strong of a word, but I think for the rest of whatever he does in his career, he is going to be known as the kid that tried to claim Hayden Deegan's bike. If this would have been Ryder D, nobody would have gave a shit but because Hayden Deegan's has such a following. You got the fucking diehards that are, you know, up his ass and they're going to be, well, you know, why, why'd you do it? Why'd you, why'd you do it? Wouldn't it matter. Like you still wouldn't have beat him. Well, yeah, no shit. He wouldn't have beat it, but it doesn't matter. The rules in place. If he's got seventeen thousand dollars, it doesn't matter where the money came from. It should be it should have been his bike. So I just I've said this before. I feel bad for Brennan because he's going to be getting looked sideways at any race he goes from here on out. Um, and that's just kind of all there is to it. Like, you know, I mean, I think everybody's kind of coming to the same conclusion. Now that there's going to be some people out there that still think Brennan's lying or whatever, but I don't really know what you could say he lied about. Like what I just, I don't, I don't, those, that's the still thing I don't understand from the people that have made comments and it's not a lot. It's, it's few and far between that have made that comment, but there have been people out there who are like, well, you know, I don't really know if Brennan's telling the truth. What, what do you think he lied about? Like what, what, what do you actually think he lied about? Cause it's not like he said anything that's a secret. Everybody else is kind of pretty much backed up what he said or what he did, I should say. So I don't, that's the only thing that I'm confused about as far as anything else goes. I think this needs to be put to bed. I think it's done. I think it's been too big of a deal. Like this shit has been going on for a long time, but I stand by my comments that if this wasn't Hayden Deegan, I'll be real honest with you. We probably never heard about this. We really, really wouldn't have, we would have never heard about this. Yep. 100%. Um, okay. Let's move on from that. Uh, let's talk a little MXDN here. Um, so we're getting teams left and right. We're going to do a full show before, um, before the race, but super interesting news came out this week. Marv on team France as a, um, as a, uh, 250 rider. Now yep. I have, uh, <laughs> I like, I don't think this is going to go great. 
Um, what <laughs> you think it's going to go really well? I, uh, uh, j- uh, j- t- uh, okay, go go for it. What do you give me? Why do you think this is going to go well? Okay, so you made the comment that he hasn't raced at Supercross, and we, you know, in our group text, not only just you and me, but our group text, you know, with with Matt and Cole, and you know, we kind of talked about this, touched on it for a little bit or whatever, and you know. But the comparison, obviously, we've made another comment talking about, and I imagine you're going to bring this up as well, is Dylan being on the team, you know, getting up to race pace. But you made the comment about Marv not racing since Supercross. And you are correct. And there is a big difference between being in race shape, and we've talked about this plenty of times, and everybody else does. But if you want to talk about, like, why I think it's going to go well is, is yes, Marv has not been racing since Supercross. But the thing, though, is is that he's still been training. He's still been riding every day. And I'm not going to say that he's going to go out there and he's going to fucking blow everybody's doors off. That's not really what I said. It's just I am more confident in Marv doing well because of the fact that he's still been at least riding. Whereas, like, with Dylan, Dylan literally fucking got hurt in Detroit, was off for however many months, then got back on the bike, and then got hurt again, and then just didn't get back on the bike till a month ago. Whereas, at least with Marv, he's been riding pretty much probably every day or at least every other day at least every week he's been riding at least every week we can say that since supercross ended he's been on different bikes he's done some testing he's done this and that i know he's been riding a 250f a lot and now probably even more so since this has came out so do i expect marv to all of a sudden go out and win one of the motos on sunday no that's not gonna happen no 250 guy i don't fucking care if jet would have been on a 250 they're not gonna win a moto against the 450 guys but as far as like i'm concerned is knowing how to be not to stay calm in that pressure situation. Marv's already raced for Team France a few different times. He was a good 250F rider in his day. I know that's far removed, but Marv is one of those guys where his two his trans his style will translate over to a 250F. He his race craft is going to be some of the best out of the 250 guys racing. And once again, as long as you're top 250 guy out of the 250 guys, that really helps your team because Team France is very fucking strong. So. Yeah, I think it's going to be totally fine. Do I think his stamina is going to be a little bit off? Maybe, maybe. But it's not like he hasn't been training because he's been injured. Like, he's still been riding, still been doing his fucking workouts. And let's be honest, too, Marv has never really had an issue with cardio. Like, if you want to talk about the, the issues that Marv has had in his career since he's been over in America, you can find a ton of different things. But when have we ever done one of these race recaps when Marv's been included in it and we've ever said, oh, yeah, Marv hit the wall? Like, Marv... That's not one of Marv's problems. Staying in shape is not an issue with Marv. Now, I don't know how what he does for training because obviously you look at him and you go, man, this guy's super thin. He's not, you know, he's not bulky, but cardio has never been an issue for Marvin Muscan. That's plain and simple. And I will debate that with anybody. I don't go here. You can go back to his GP days. Marv is not a guy that gets tired. That's, so that's not going to be an issue for him. Um, I do. I think that his, uh, Sprint speed in the beginning might be a little bit off, maybe, because even in the 450 class, he was never a guy that like went off, you know, ripped the star and just all of a sudden sprinted away to 10 second lead or whatever in the beginning. But the one thing you can say about Marvin is his racecraft is fucking awesome and he just grinds away. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes throughout a moto. So whereas the 250 guys that he's going to be racing, they're a little prone to be making mistakes. And we're going to talk about. And when we do the 250 thing with Hunter, way Hunter's last couple rounds have gone. So, yeah, I mean, you're looking at Joe, Jacob, and, and Hunter as being the guy since Vial is not racing, obviously, French guy. Gertz is going to be on a 450. So, yeah, I mean, 
Do I know where he's going to finish? No, I have no idea where he's going to finish because I think the 250 guys, uh, they're going to have, they're going to struggle. This is going to be totally different than 2018. But am I worried about where Marvin's going to do? No, because I'm only looking at him going, yeah, he's got three guys to deal with. And here's the thing. I think if he gets a start over all three of those guys, I don't think he's going to have a problem beating them, to be honest with you, because he knows how to race those guys at a higher intensity for longer because he's been racing the 450 class. I just think it's going to be a struggle, man. I just. I, I, but why though? That that's my question. I'm not disagreeing with you because because he hasn't raced in so long. Like that that is the key to all of this. Like, do I think Marv can't ride anymore? No, absolutely not. Like, yes, I know he's been riding, he's been training, like like that. But but we've seen it with these guys. They they come back from injury, they ride, they train. Some of them wait super long, but. Dude, there is a there is a finesse to going into that race day to knowing gate drops to all that kind of stuff. I mean, we always talk about this like in the off season, like, okay, these guys go race these races over in Europe or whatever. Well, they're getting they're getting gate drops that uh that these other guys aren't getting, you know, like there there's just a there is subtle nuances to actually racing that he's not been getting since uh, the first weekend of May. So, I do. I think he'll do well. Yes, he. You, you're absolutely right. He has a race craft. He's a he's a veteran or he's a savvy veteran. Like he he's going to do well. But do I think he beats like Hunter Lawrence or like any of these GP guys that have been racing? No, no, I don't. I think I think he's gonna be the last of we'll call it quote unquote, the best guys out there. Um, which, you know, is going to include in, in that MX two class, Shmoda Hunter, um, uh, who was it? Geertz or whatever. Um, no, Geertz isn't riding Geertz. See, that's the thing. Geertz is not riding a two fifty. He's okay. riding a four fifty. Okay. Well, any, any of these other guys that are riding two fifties here, like, like that have been, have been riding and racing that are of the, of the upper echelon level. I, like he he's gonna get beat by him. I he just there just isn't any way around it. He just is not. Here's used the thing to though: you got to remember, Joe's not gonna have a good gate pick. Yeah, you got to remember that, and that is a big thing. And we know that with the red bud about how deep they're gonna rip it. <laughs> bro, so here's the thing: bro, Joe's Joe, not gonna work his what? Joe doesn't need a good gate pick. We Joe's have not gonna this. work his way through. It, it, Joe is not, a late moto dude. In the 250 class, when he's racing other 250 guys that are not on his level, uh-huh. when he's coming from 30th. You really think he's going to blow by Jeremy Sewer if Jeremy Sewer's in front of him? No, he's not going to. Plain and simple. Like I'll argue that fact all day long. If Joe's coming from 30th, which I love Joe. You know I'm a big fan of Joe. But here's the thing. Japan, they're not going to go into Sunday with a good gate pick. Like Joe is the guy. He is the guy. He he is clearing away the guy on that team, which is not a huge great thing to have your MX2 guy being your number one guy. They would have been better off sticking him on a 450 at that point because at least he'd be in the last moto. He's going to have a terrible gate pick going into that first and second moto, plain and simple. So if he's coming from 30th and Marv gets a 10th place hole shot, Joe will never see him, plain and simple. He will never see him. He will never see Marv. Okay, so then you got to talk about Jay Coop. Jay Coop's not going to get a good start. And what have we said about Jay Coop? He does not work his way through the pack. Okay, so that's another one. So the only one you could say is Hunter. And Hunter, I would probably give you the benefit of the doubt, but we're, and we're going to talk about this. Hunter's been going backwards the last couple weekends, dude. Not Plain good. and simple. He, not been good. He's been going backwards. And we'll get into this when we talk about the 250. So if, if you were telling, like, if you're telling, if, if we're talking about just Marv, Mono, Mono, like just the 250 guys, 
I would maybe tend to agree with you a little bit more. But that's the thing, though. This is not a mono mono. We're just racing 250 guys. This is a team race. And here's the one thing. Marv's already won a motocross of nations. These guys haven't. Yep. So that's a big thing, dude. Like, we... You got to remember that, that this is not, and you know this, so I'm not, I'm not trying to like be disrespectful. Like, you know this, but it's a team race. This is not like him just versing the 250 guys. So that's a big thing that plays into it. And, and another thing that we haven't really talked about when it comes to Joe, Japan might not even make the motos on Sunday, dude. There's a real good possibility because I don't even know who these other two do- dudes are that are on the team. Mm-hmm. And you know that I know a lot of the, I don't know who they are. Like, I have no idea. So Joe might go kill it on Saturday in the qualifier. And not even make the motos on Sunday. Yeah. So you, you got to remember that when you're talking about this. This is not just him versus those guys. This is him versus him, them and everyone else. And that's why I would give it to Marv that he knows how to win in these situations. Hunter, you know, he was there in Matterly Basin in 2017 when he battled Zacco. He was there in 2018 at Redbud. But he hasn't been to one since. Yeah. So I just... I think that there's more factors, and, and you're not the only per- look, dude. You're not the only person that's saying this. There's a lot of people that are scratching their heads a little bit, and it's and it's valid. But I think that because people are looking in the sense that oh, it's just him versus them, that's not what this is. This is a team thing, and I, I think that that plays a bigger factor than a lot of people are giving credit, or a lot of people are putting in their minds that this is not just him versus them. There's a whole lot of other shit going on, and I, that's why that's why mainly I believe that he could have a possibility of doing the best out of those 250 guys. All right. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Like I said, we're going to do a full uh full show breakdown or a full show um breaking down the uh the the 2022 uh uh, uh MXON because we will be there since it is in our backyard at Redbud. Uh, but let's move on here. Let's get into our 450 race review and our 450 uh, Bud's Creek race review brought to you by our friends at JT Cycle, serving Battle Creek, Michigan for over 30 years. Stopping to check out their full selection of Beta, Gas Gas, Husky, and Suzuki motorcycles and power sports products. If you need something for around the house to help keep things nice and trimmed up, they have that too with a full lineup of Echo Aaron's Gravely and Simplicity. Please visit jtcycle.com or follow them on Instagram at jtcyclebc. So, 450s. Well, Jason Anderson does it again, man. 2-2, two, 4-1. Two, yeah. As he said, 2 plus 2 equals 1 today. And, um, man, I'll tell you what. He's pretty much been the third fiddle as far as the 450 class mm-hmm. has gone. And uh, yesterday he, I mean, yesterday I would still say in both those motos, third fiddle. But just the second fiddle had a rough time, both motos, a la Chase Sexton and Eli Tomac. Um, But, yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him, dude. Like I said, 2-2 for one, second overall of the year. Um, Okay, cool. And we're moving on. (laughs) And we're on. Wow. And we're we're moving on. Let's go. So, no, I mean, dude, he's he's been really good. He's obviously stepped his game up. Like I said, he's just he's not quite on the level of Tomac and Sexton this year. Um, and that second, that second moto really was kind of up for grabs with the way Sexton's moto and, and Eli's moto was going. Um, Jason just was the guy that managed to stay in it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of stand by, by comments that we made last week, uh, or what I made last week is that Jason knows and even said it on the podium. He's like, Hey, like I just, I don't have it for these guys. Like I've, I've been away from racing outdoors for a while. So it's hard to just get back into that intensity after being gone for a few years. I mean, obviously if you, if you were to ask Dungey off the record, he'd say the same thing. Like, 
you know, the overall speed we know is there because Jason's been fast lap, you know, fast lap qualifier a few different times this year. But uh, there's just a little bit difference of trying to find that intensity and, you know, taking your brain to places that you are uncomfortable doing, you know. So he knows that the cardio is not really – there was a few races this year where, you know, I don't know. I would say more that he kind of hit the wall as opposed to pumping up. But outside of that, like, once again, cardio has never really been one of Jason's issues. Like, he's in shape as much as people like to, you know, downplay how much he actually trains. But I think for him is he goes, yeah, man, he goes, I'm cool with third, like – sweet i'm still getting paid like i'm getting a third in this championship yeah i'm not gonna you know i'm not gonna fucking win a bunch of over i didn't win a bunch of overalls this year i got two now but i think the biggest thing for him is, is he knows yeah when 2023 supercross comes around <laughs> we're going at it boys so i think that that's a saving grace for him where he can kind of look at it and go it's not as big of a deal for him you know if he wasn't as good as he was in supercross i think that this would be a real soul crusher for him but because he knows his specialty is Supercross, he knows that when they line up at the gate of A1 in 2023, that he's going to give Eli and Chase everything they can handle and then some. So I think that that's for him. He can look at himself in the mirror and go, yeah, man, am I happy with getting yarded by 30 seconds a couple weekends? No, I'm not. But I know when it comes game time to where I'm really making my money, I can beat these guys and beat these guys every weekend if I want to. So, yeah, I mean, I'm happy for him. That's two. It's funny. He went from having no overalls to all of a sudden get two overalls. But, uh, no, I'm happy for him. I really am. Like, I, uh, you know, he did what he had to do. And, hey, he wasn't the fastest dude, but he was the most consistent. And, you know, that's what you got to do sometimes. Yep. Yeah. So that was um, that was cool to see and him. Chase, look, and, and the last two laps, Chase pulled it out. But there was a real point in time for those last eight minutes where Jason, like, dude, he got it down to, like, 2.2 one point. And, and, and there was no point that I was like, oh, man, he's going to. You know, he's going to latch back out of the chase. He's going to make something happen. But, like, Chase just shouldn't gap him, like, right away after he passed him back that second time. You know, he... Dude, yesterday was so weird because there was, like, we have watched for the last however many weeks, Eli and Chase just run away from everyone else. Like, 30-plus seconds. And yesterday, fuck the top... The the top seven in that second moto were all within 15 seconds like yeah and, and it's always been that with butts creek like you know I've, I've been there once and stuff and the track is amazing and this is not a knock you know what the beasleys do there is fucking amazing but and they and Stu talked about this quite a few different times on, on the broadcast like it's very one line just because of how gnarly the elevations are so when like you get sucked into a line you can't drift out because you're already not carrying a lot of momentum as it is and that's the thing dude like searching for lines when you're coming through the pack is very fucking hard because you don't want to venture off that main line because you're going to lose so much time and another thing, and I know that they've mentioned this and they do year in and year out, but dude, Bud's Creek is always humid as fuck. It is always yeah. humid as hell. So I think that's another thing that plays part into it, you know? So, I mean, yeah, that was the first time in what? <clears throat> I can't even remember. Maybe High Point, that like the top five were that close at the end of the moto. And that was only like, what, the, the second moto at High Point, maybe? Yeah. Yeah, it was, so. they, it was really, really close. I mean, literally any of those dudes go down it changes this whole lineup so um, yeah for sure uh so eli tomac comes out with uh he's got a, a one point lead we had a two point swing yesterday which is yep. wild because after that first moto you were like oh boy 
Oh boy, here we go. Oh, he went beast mode that first moto, bro. He, he went beast mode. I mean, he sla- he pecker slapped him. Dude, dude, he was slapping cheeks that first moto for sure. Um, Look, he came there to fuck. He, <laughs> he came to fuck yesterday. Here's the thing. That second moto, he was getting fucked. Um, yeah, but that, I also I think that I think his pride got too much of him, and I think he's going to need to work on this. It's It, it was that tire. Him oh, going yeah. with the paddle was one, a stupid fucking decision. One hundred percent you could watch it in those drone shots watch him go into those corners and not be able to get sidewall traction which on a track that is all off cambers like okay yes it worked that first moto 100 percent. you should have known better that that track was drying out and you needed to change i could tell that like yeah it was and 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 that's the thing that's like he's probably gonna go bite himself in the ass maybe not you know like the same thing was at millville like this was a big thing um, I fully believe though, if he would have just gone with a tire that he should have gone with that moto, I think he goes out and does what he did the first moto, like uh, plain yeah. and simple, like what, what he did that first moto, like there, like we talk about what chase and granted, he didn't beat second play. You know, he didn't, uh, he could be handled the first moto by as much as chase beat him at Unadilla. Yep. But there was nobody that was on Eli's level yesterday. That first moto, it, it wouldn't have mattered. Like, so if he just gone with a normal tire, I fully believe, and maybe you don't agree with this, I fully believe he marches forward in that second moto and he tracks down Chase and wins. Plain and simple. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if he tracks him down and wins. Okay, Chase Chase rode really well that second moto. The first yeah, moto... Yeah, he couldn't pull away from Anderson, though. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I just, I don't... That, that track is so one-line. Like, all the off-cambers and hills are cool. I was looking at some of those overhead shots, too, thinking that, like, man, some of this stuff is, like, really fucking dumb there because they they have like these hills that just like drop off on the other side and then there's a turn like i don't know to to me it's 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 like a weird track and like i don't feel like i would really enjoy riding it but whatever i I also suck it's tough dude it's tough Um, and dude it's even it's even gnarlier in person and yeah like like i said i don't know if tomac tracks chase down that second moto and wins but i definitely think he gets up to third like He's definitely right there. So, um, I, yeah, needless to say, he goes one five on the day for second overall. Comes out with a one point lead. Um, and we'll we'll skip down to Sexton here just for a second, just to keep the championship talk going. Sexton goes seven one for fourth. Um, mm-hmm. and you know they say you win your titles on your bad days. Well, that was that was not a great great day for chase yesterday and um i don't know if you've listened to anything so that first moto he said the reason he tucked the front there um Mm -hmm. the first time was he he stood up and as he stood up he accidentally hit the shifter and clicked neutral um which i'm like num first off that you were only in second gear going through there because like that's a pretty high speed section um second off that like you standing up, you somehow click the bike down into neutral. Like, okay. And maybe this is just a conspiracy theorist in me, but it's like, I don't really know if I believe like, dude, you just buried the front end. Like you found a soft spot. You buried the front end. Your weight was off and you fucking tucked that shit and went to Indonesia real, real quick. Like, I don't know. And then the second crash, yeah, in that dude, first I, moto uh, was that, I mean, that second crash just, was just a, just a fact of not, being in a good position and and dealing with guys i just i'm i'm watching it right now he didn't like dude he was stood up all the way down the hill 
Yeah, yeah. I'm like I literally use like I said. I'm watching the motos as we're as we're doing this right now, and I'm watching the first 450 moto. And I was about like five six minutes in, and I just rewound it back to like when you said that because I was thinking I was like, dude, he was already waiting the inside peg like really early. Yeah, he was standing up all the way down the hill. So yeah, yeah that's 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 a that's a bullshit like that. That's bullshit. I know. When he said that, I was like, dude, first off, clicking down into neutral, anybody who rides will tell you that that's not the easiest thing to do. Second off, like, you're fully on the gas there. Like, I don't know, man. Like, whatever, dude. Whatever you got to tell yourself, like, you made a mistake and you tucked the front end. That was fucking stupid, you know? And I don't even... Okay, I'm not even going to say he made a mistake and tucked the front end. He found a fucking soft spot in that in in that rut, like was what it really yeah. looked like to me. Like he was flowing through that line just like he always does. And it had gotten pushed by somebody in front of him just enough that there was a soft sinkhole there. And it, I mean, it reached up and grabbed him. Like that was all there was to it. You know, it's kind of like the second moto, like the second moto, he said um, that where he crashed there and lost the lead. Um, yep. He said that he, he was standing up through the corner and just caught his foot um and it tore him off so unfortunately though another problem with this whole thing of guys waiting the pegs going yep. through corners man like when you get the lean angle you have no weight like even though you have a lot more pressure through your body through the pegs like you have no weight to where all the energy is going towards the inside and it's caught hunter a few times this year yep. jet you know if it, it happened to him a few not an outdoor supercross it was a few different times and that's the only problem is yeah you have more movement through your body and you're pressing the bike down harder when you get too much of a lean angle, you got no weight to that inside, and it's going to go. I don't care how strong your lower body is. It's going to go. Yep. Well. You know, so, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Like, he he salvaged it, and, dude, kudos to him on that second moto. Like, he could have came out being a fucking head case. Like, oh, fuck, dude. Did all yeah. that work at Unadilla, and now I just gave it away, and he came out there, and he did what he had to do when Tomac was struggling and stuff. But I do find it funny that people are like, ah, man, I still give the advantage to Chase. Like he, you know, Eli had to capitalize. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, Eli's got the red plate. Like who, what? The f it's my, it's, it's even again. Like, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I don't give the oh advantage to anyone. I mean, dude, you look it's at this, again. A, a one five and a seven one. Like Tomac has yeah. the lead because he was two spots better and he has a single digit lead. Like neither one of them had stellar days. Neither one of them were happy. Like, I don't know if you watch post race no. interviews there. Neither no, one of them Eli were happy. Was Eli was fucking yeah. pissed. Sexton wasn't happy with how his day went. Se Sexton, I think was happy in the sense that he salvaged it and was only behind by a point, but he still mm -hmm. wasn't happy. I mean, this is dude long, long story short, unless somebody makes a huge mistake or has a mechanical next weekend at Ironman. This is coming yeah. down to Paula. That's all there is to it. We are going to see yes. a knockdown drag out battle for two motos at Paula. And it's going to be a winner takes all because honestly, it would not surprise me the rest of the year here to, to see these guys split motos every single time. Like it would not one, two, two, one, like would not surprise yeah. me whatsoever. I know that doesn't ever happen. It never works out that way, but it won't mm -hmm. surprise me to see it. Yeah, next and next weekend, and we talked about this a little bit on Saturday. Next weekend is going to be interesting because, like, dude, if this temperature keeps going up and up, this is going to be like last year. This is going to be the hottest race they've had all year. Yep. And that's the thing is we know that Eli and Chase are two of the most in-shape dudes, if not the most in-shape dudes in the 450 class right now. So it's going to be very fucking interesting. Like, because that's the thing, dude. If it's as hot as it was last year, like, that was triple digits. And... It's going to be the first time that they, like, they've had a few hot races this year, but they haven't had any races that it's been that hot. So that's also going to be another factor where, 
if one of these guys makes a bonehead mistake and they put themselves at the back where they have to work their way through, it's going to cost them at some point, especially if it happens in the first moto, because they're going to be gassed by the time the second moto rolls around. So I, I totally agree with you. I think this is going to come down to the last round between them, but I will say this. I think if either one of them goes one, one next weekend, I will say that I will retract that statement. And I think that whoever goes one, one is going to win the title. And I'm not saying for the simple fact that, Oh, they're going to have a point lead. Like, I think that with the way this is going and we keep talking about who's got the momentum, who's got the momentum, who's got this, who's got that. It's going to be a mind fuck for whoever. It doesn't matter if they get beat by one second or 30 seconds. It's going to be a little bit of a mind fuck for that person who doesn't get the one, one going into the final round going, ah, shit. Like I blew it all the momentum, whether it's chase, you could say from Washington to Unadilla or Eli reeling the points back and doing what he did the first moto to yesterday. It's going to be like, ah, crap. Now I, now I can't make a mistake, you know, because if they split next weekend, like one of the, you can afford to have a little bit of a bad moto at Paula, as long as you beat them the next moto. Yeah. But it's like, if you, if you go, if you go down six points and let, we're just assuming it's going to be six. Cause let's be real. I don't see when those two are on, it's been proven. Nobody's going to step in there and beat them. If you go down six points, and if for Chase, it would be seven at that point. Um, I don't think there, there's no way to bring that back at Paula. There's just not. Yeah. No, but, I mean, dude, at, at this point, it really doesn't look like they're going to uh, – doesn't look like there's going to be a huge separation, man. It's going to come down to whoever has the best day at the last round. I will say, though, that right now, even though I think it's even – if you were to play the coulda, woulda, shoulda, or maybe, or whatever wording you want to use, um, Eli having that one point, it's it's at least a buffer. It's only one point. It's not that big of a fucking deal. But it's like, that's the thing, though, is, is if they split motos next weekend, Eli still has a one-point gap. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's the thing that if you're in Eli's camp, you can go, well, I mean, we have something here. We We have something. So I don't know, man. I just, I will say this chase, even though he won that second moto uh he, he can't do the bonehead mistakes. Like he did that first moto again, like the tipping over in the second moto, not that big of a deal. Cause he still won it. And it wasn't, it was whatever, but he can't have a bonehead moto like that. Like he just, he just cannot do it because I feel that because this is going to be his clo- this is his going to be shot as his first premier championship. Mm-hmm. If he has a bonehead, he's gonna it's gonna play into his mind going into Paula. Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, yeah, it's I don't know, man. It's it's getting interesting. It's getting interesting. Yep. Um, yep. All right. So uh, getting back into like the uh, the finishing results here. So probably a surprise of the day here. Ken Roxon goes three three for third and was fucking strong that second moto, which is he looked at- tired as fuck though. Oh yeah, he was fucking <laughs> shot when they were done. But dude, color me surprised that he actually held it together that whole yeah. second moto and dude was was battling with Dungey. I mean, absolutely battling with Dungey um all the way through that fucking 
that fucking race. So yeah, I was um, like, is this 2014 again? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah exactly. Is this, wait, did we miss something here? Is there something did that we, we go back in time? What happened? Oh man, dude. I, I mean, it, yeah, it just it, weird, super weird. Yep. Um, but man, dude, it's okay. Cool. Like uh great, great to see him doing it. Um, yep. but yeah, here we are. He, I mean, three, three for third. It's good to see Kenny back up there. I mean, that, that's pretty much all I got. I don't, I don't have any expectations or anything here going forward. So good uh, because I think Crawfordsville is going to be a struggle bus if it's that hot. But Hey, little, uh, little, um, uh, we'll, we'll call it uh silly season, uh, talk here. As far as King goes here in the middle of this, he, he's still, there's still no public deal. Like yeah. still nothing public. And you know, if he's re-signed with Honda, we would have heard. So he's not. Yeah, I don't think he's resigned with Honda. I, I don't think that he's no. resigned with Honda at all. And nope. there, and, and there I, is I a Jet Lawrence. Yeah, there, there is a rumor that he was the one at the goat farm. Now, okay, maybe who knows? Yeah, um, I don't agree with that. I don't think so either. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. It's interesting. We'll see where he lands here for next year. Um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Dungey goes four four for fifth, and ooh, did he look froggy that second moto? There he's was. He's always been pretty good at buds. Like he's he's always. I don't know if if he's won a but. I don't know if he's won a bunch of races there. Uh, uh, as far as four fifties go, but he's always been kind of good at buds. Like he's he's always either been on the box. He's he's won one a mode like he's never really had bad results at buds so i guess like looking back on it now like that shouldn't be a shock and man he's just kind of he's just kind of getting just being there kind of like doing what he's always done like just fucking being the the diesel like i know that that's a i hate that name but that's just kind of what he is he's just i don't know he's had a few bad motos this year whereas it's just outright speed has him in there at the beginning and you know we know in this 450 class that if you're not you know, within 10 seconds of, you know, the top five at the beginning of the moto, I don't care how fast you are. You're not going to, you're not going to walk forward to the top five. So, um, like I said, though, I, I hate to keep harping on this temperature thing, but next weekend is actually going to be very interesting if it ends up being that hot, because that could be another weekend where Dungy's like, he, Hey man, he might end up on the box just because like his cardio is better than everybody else outside of chase and Eli. So dude, totally um, could, man. Totally could. Everybody's waiting for it. Everybody's waiting for it. I think, look, and once again, I hate to make it sound like the only reason I believe this is because of the temperature, but we know that that plays a factor. Uh, I think that next weekend, if he's going to get on the box, it's it's it, it's definitely next weekend. Because I don't see it at Paula. I mean, it wasn't great there at the beginning of the year, but you could say, oh, first race back in six years, whatever. But just, I don't, his style doesn't fit Paula. Uh, Crawfordsville, I mean, dude, look, if he tells me he goes 3-3 next weekend, I'd be like, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> i really could just because if, yeah. if it's going to be 100 degrees dude if it's going to be 100 degrees eli and chase are going to be out there doing their whole thing and anderson as third locked up at this point he you know dude if he's just like gassed he's like what, what the fuck's the point like i'm gonna get third in this championship yep I, who cares you know and yep. just be like well dude, i'll take the podium yeah 100 percent 100 percent um yeah i don't shit man i don't know We'll just have to uh, have to wait and see here what the what happens with it. So I mean, yep, it's yep. it sucks because everybody's been waiting all year for him to get that podium, and he just can't get better than fourth. So, but it's it is funny yep. too that we're how many years removed here, and Tenji comes back, and he's just you know four 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 fourth 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 and fourth. So it really shows something I've always harped on, man. When you're at that level and you're one of the greatest to ever do it, like it doesn't matter how long you're off. 
doesn't matter how far we evolve with bikes and technique and, and training like dude that like that proves my point is that if you take some of the greatest of all time from the yesteryears and you put them on brand new bikes i don't care who it is they can still go out and compete with them and that proves the point because now you're talking about a guy that yes dungey's won the best ever dude he's got like eight total championships you know he's won 450 outdoor championships he's won the supercrosses but obviously we never know that dungey was known as the outright speed guy like yes he won a lot of races especially in supercross but it was more because he just was consistent or wore dudes down, but he wasn't always the fastest guy. So like, that's the thing is, is it just proves the point that when you're one of the greatest to ever do it, it doesn't matter what generation you get plugged into. You can go out and be competitive. Yeah. Yep. So, so all right. Um, Craig goes five, seven for six. Didn't really see much out of him. I know he smashed himself in practice last week and from, yeah, what I saw on the weed show, they were talking to his mechanic and his mechanics literally like, yeah, I don't think if Paige was, wasn't there last weekend that he would even race Unadilla. Um, yeah. so, okay, cool. Uh, obviously probably still some lingering effects, but still, I mean, doing essentially what he's been doing all year. So that's pretty good. Um, Savachi goes nine, six for seventh. That second moto, he was, he was right moto. there, dude. He was pushing dude, he was back. Eli. He was, I really thought he was going to get him. I was like, ooh, is, is Joey going to go back around Eli and tell him to fuck off for the Monster Cup? 100%. And uh, also also on the uh, Rick, Rick Ware Racing uh, 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 World Supercross team. So that's cool. Does oh, I didn't know. Oh, oh, I yeah. haven't seen that. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, well, yeah. good for Joey. Good R for Joey, Rick man. I mean, that bike's probably going to suck. But. Rick, <laughs> Rick Ware Racing World Supercross Cowie. Uh, yeah. So I, from what I understand, I think that Rick Ware racing team is going to be a run what you want to type team. Um, which, okay. w which honestly for supercross, okay. What do you need? Some supercross suspension. Yeah. Uh, I'll be honest with you and, and uh, dude, I'm going to get trashed in the comments for saying this because I'm a Homer and I'm a fan, but depending on what kind of parts they can get for that bike, if Joey stay, and I mean, dude, we're only going to be a couple months away. So God, I hope he doesn't get hurt. But if he's going in there and he's got a little bit of time to get the bike like dialed in, uh, I know Kenny's going to be over there. But because we don't know where Kenny's in, I honestly would have to put Joey at the top of the list. Like, hey, like points wise for these three rounds or whatever, he could end up being the the like. I know Eli's probably going to win the first round. Like, let's fucking be honest. But Joey would be my points guy because I just. Kenny, once again, man, you never know what you're going to fucking get out of him, especially in Supercross. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I don't know. We'll see. Um, funny story about another guy we gotta talk about here. I heard in the post race uh, interview, uh, Shane McElrath, also I think with Rick Ware Racing for World Supercross. Hmm, that's might, interesting. Might be wrong. Yeah, I think it was. He is gonna race two fifties, um, because he he basically looked at it and told him. Uh, yeah, actually, I think it was with, with Rick Ware um, because he he basically looked at it and said, "Look, I I can't beat Kenny. Like, <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to Supercross and especially a short like three round thing like this where there's weeks in between, I'm I'm not beating Ken Roxon at Supercross. Uh, so he went to the 250 class because Rick Ware wants to win a win win a uh, a, a title, and he was like, I, "Well, 250 class, I can probably do it for you, but 450s, no." I'm not touching Kenny. Unless Cole Sealy just describes his channel as enter 2014 and just goes out and wins. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So just funny story on that. Uh, but anyway, um, AP goes 10-9 for eighth. So okay. 
Great. Not bad. I mean, whatever. Like, as long as he's standing on two wheels. Uh, yep. Roger probably isn't talking to... Do you think Roger even knows who he is anymore? Dude, I don't fucking know. That whole relationship, anything KTM related these days is so volatile. Oh, we're going to get to we're going to get to the whole KTM Husky gas gas thing here when we get to the 250s. Um mm. Malcolm Stewart goes 12-11 for 9, so okay, I guess. His brother decided to not talk about him at all while he was in the booth. <laughs> You noticed that too, huh? Like Ouija threw it. Yeah, Ouija even threw it like And hey. Stu just like, yeah, whatever. She's just like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. So I don't fucking know. Like I'm not gonna attach my name. That's a different Stuart. We spell it different. Yeah. Um Freddie Fast Freddy goes sixteen ten for tenth, so that's okay. Um Dylan goes six thirty seven. I don't know what that crash was of the second moto, but it must have been pretty uh, gnarly. Apparently Barsha t- apparently Barsha took him out or something. How did Barsha take him out? Because Barsha's looking at an eight DNS. Oh, so it must have been they must have been talking because somebody was saying that Barsha like got into it with Dylan, so that must have been the first moto they were talking about. Maybe. Okay, yeah. So apparently Barsha and Dylan like got into it in the first moto, hmm. and uh, yeah, Barsha moved over on Dylan a little bit too much. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so yeah, so Dylan goes, like I said, 637, doesn't finish that second moto, 12th overall. Uh, Barsha goes 8 DNS for 14. I haven't heard anything as to why he didn't start that second moto. I'm sure we'll hear something about that this week. Uh, yep. Dean Wilson goes 1812 for 15 with three assholes. So that's interesting. Uh, Shane on that Club MX Yamaha goes 17-14 for 16, so all right. Doesn't want to ride outdoors. Doesn't want to ride outdoors. Uh, Antonio Cairoli comes back for a single round here and gets fucked up. Um, goes 19-16 for 19th overall. Uh, I guess is he's got a broken metacarpal in his wrist from that first, uh, first moto crash, which sucks because he had a good start that first moto. Um, but I guess, yeah, somebody ran over his wrist when he was down. Um, so yeah. Well, you won't see him again until I'm of nations. No. Well, from what I understand, he wasn't racing anymore anyway. He literally came to do buds and that was it. Well, yeah, and I mean, there was talk like when this the whole thing came out that he was like, "Hey, he's just gonna do the last three rounds and stuff." But now, definitely, like with that, uh, God, that really sucks though because that Italian team was gonna be strong, and it really sucks for Tony too because I mean, dude, he went out and fucking killed it in practice yesterday. Yeah, you know, fucking second qual- fastest qualifier, and like to have that happen. So, yep, and that's pretty much all I got for four fifties. Um, unless there's anything else you want to touch on there. No, I mean. Rod Bell had a pretty good moto go in the first moto. That's about it. Yeah, pretty much. So, all right. Well, that wraps up our 450 Buds Creek review. So let's move on to our 250 Buds Creek review, which is brought to you by our friends at Gutterworks Gutters. Make sure to check them out. Um, Josh and Kayla, awesome people. Gutterworksgutters.com bringing you our 250 Buds Creek wrap-up. Um, oof, oof. How carefully do we want to try with it? So RJ gets the win, goes 1-2 on the day. Uh, doesn't shock. Why did you just say, how carefully do we want to do this? Oh, because did you listen to his podium speeches? Uh, no. No, I didn't. I don't listen to the 450 shit. And I listened to Jet after the second moto. <sighs> um... <sighs> I hope that contract he's got is really fucking good. Like, really ironclad. Because, essentially, he's saying the quiet part out loud, 
which is your bike fucking sucks and it's fucking terrible. And then okay. in his post-race interview with Steve, he essentially said that they will not give me what I want and it's fucking annoying. Um, and then, oh, by the way, they did give me what I wanted and the piece fucking broke. But up until the point it broke, we were doing fucking awesome. And I'm like, oh, you're really poking the bear here to say. Wait, was, is, that, is that verbatim? Like, is that verbatim? Oh, dude, in the Steve interview, he was very, very adamant about they will not give me what I want. I finally, I think it was last week he said he finally got what he wanted and he was mm-hmm. running so much better. And then, well, I mean, look at yesterday. And then it broke and they didn't, th- apparently, they didn't think it broke. Or mm-hmm. something, and, and he was like, "Yes, it is." And they took it apart and sent it to California. And sure, shit, it was broke. Um, yeah, oof, oof, oof. That really makes me. It's got that's got to be a should, chassis. Component. You should go back and watch his uh, his, his podium interviews because I mean, there there is some low key lots of shade thrown at Husky, which you and I are in this shit, so we know that. No one on the KTM Empire is happy with the bike. No one. Well, I mean, yeah. And I mean, we, we both know how vocal RJ has been about how shitty the bike is. Um, so when he, the, I mean, these little things he says, which if you're not, if you're not deep into it, you're just like, ah, whatever. He's just complaining about the bike like normal, like whatever. No, 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 no. Oof, oof. Ooh, yeah, I was, I mean, uh, props to RJ for saying the fucking quiet parts out loud because, yeah, it, it, dude, it's it's not been good. It's obviously not good. This is going to be the first year in however many years that any KTM brand period has not won a title worldwide, period. End of discussion. Nothing. No, uh-huh. da- no Dakar, no Supercross, no Motocross, no MXGP, no MotoGP title, nothing. They are getting yep. nothing this year, which um, I listened to the end of that Gypsy Tales with uh, uh, whoever we were listening to yesterday. Ben Townley. Ben Townley. And yeah, they said they figured it had been over 20 years since KTM has won no moto titles in a year, period. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude, they've been cleaning up on the GP side with, you know, if you want to go back to Ben Townley, Marvin Muscan, freaking uh, Kenny, Hurlings, Cairoli, like Tom Viel, Jorge Prado, Jordi Tixier. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, uh, Paul's Jones. I mean, yeah, dude. KTM, like GP, like KTM and GP and winning are all the same word. <laughs> yep. So anyway, um, but whatever they did, it helped RJ. Now, another thing that would help RJ is if he got his handlebars out of his fucking dick. But, you know, whatever. That's neither here nor there. Uh, but hey, dude, man. <laughs> but good on him. I mean, and again, here we go. This is one of those things. No one is surprised. Because RJ is one of those no, guys that can go 1-1. Or he can go 39-39. Or DNF-DNF. Or 15-15. And crash 17 times. Like, you, you just, uh, there's no surprises there. But uh, good on him for getting one, man. And and with a moto him, win, good, so he's got good juju at Bud's Creek. Like he got, he got a first overall there in 2018. He's always been competitive there. I think he's won one moto there since 2018. I mean, dude, he's got good juju with that place. Like, if you were to ask him, I don't know personally, like as far as the layout, that'd be his favorite track. But if he's going into a race, going, yeah, I could probably win. It's definitely Bud's. Like he's always been good there. 
And I mean, dude, like that little battle that him and Mosman had that first moto was good. Like Mosman got around him early and then RG just latched onto him, pressured him, knew Mosman probably his cardio wasn't going to be there. And it's fucking Mosman. He's a ticking time bomb. But dude, RJ, like, look, man, props to him. He was a dog yesterday. Like he, he did what he was doing. And I mean, he even had a good Unadilla, you know? So, I mean, no, it doesn't surprise me. Like we, we had this conversation, we did our pre-show and we were talking about winners and I go, RJ's going to get one. Cause that's the thing is, is like, it don't matter how bad the year's going. RJ is going to either get a moto win or be close to an overall, because that's just what RJ does. He can have the shittiest fucking year possible. And like you said, he can come out and just go one, one randomly. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like that's because RJ can be the fastest two fifty guy in the world. Whenever he decides to not crash. And am I shocked? No, not at all. There's no reason to be shocked. Like anybody can see RJ when he wants to stay on two wheels is yeah, that's just who RJ is. <laughs> Yep, exactly. So, um, all right, uh, moving on. Shmoda goes 3-1 for second. Dude, Joe is fucking good. Dottie's good, man. Hey, you know what? Nick Way. Nick Way. That's all there is to it, man. Nick, fucking Nick Way. Nick fucking Way, bro. Yep. Nick fucking Michigan Way. Michigan Mafia. Michigan Mafia zone out here. Got Joe out in the D-wit. Fucking just D-wit? motoing down. Japanese but, kid hanging out in the hoods of DeWitt. DeWitt, bro. DeWitt. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man, dude. Good on him. Dude, he's good. He's fast. He can come through the pack. He battles with everybody. Like, dude, it's impressive. It is absolutely impressive. The difference between this and what he was doing in Supercross. Um, and then when Jason Thomas talked to him during the moto and he was like, yeah, basically, we've just been putting him in uncomfortable situations and making him do shit he doesn't want to do. Well, trust me, it's showing. So. Yeah, and, he, and he's riding, and, and he's not changing his technique for it. Like, that was the thing in Supercross. Like, you could clearly tell, like, he tried to, and we talked about this a lot, like, he was trying to ride out of his comfort zone, and that's not something Joe's ever been used to. Like, he's a very technically sound dude. I don't always agree with somebody when people say, oh, his technique's really good. Like, he has some flaws, but, like, dude, it works for him. Like, it is what it is. Ricky fucking had terrible technique, and he's the greatest of all time. But, like, he tried to ride out of his comfort zone and he was doing different things that you could tell like eh, maybe that's a little bit too far into the red but now he's learned to do those things but stay within his bounds and dude he's fucking winning he's he's winning races he's battling with jet and hunter and jay coop and you know all the top guys and and that's the thing man like next year i don't know what supercross is going to bring because obviously supercross like he hasn't proven it yet like he's he's won a won a race two years ago or a year ago whatever it was like, he's still got to prove it in Supercross. But Outdoors 2023, dude, he's going to be one of the favorites. Like, plain and simple, he's got to be. He's got to be one of the favorites for the title. And I know we're going way far into the future, but that's what we do when we talk about this shit. Like, we like to predict things. And Joe's on that short list of, yeah, I could see him winning a 250 title. Yep, 100%. Absolutely, 100%. So, um, all right, moving on here. Uh, Jet goes 2-3 for third and extends his points lead. And man, when it's your yeah. year, it's your year. But I'll tell you what, did you see him after that second moto? Not happy. Uh, no, nah, he was pissed. He threw, threw the uh, dude. Well, let's be real. He extended his points lead and he knows that the title was never in place. He doesn't want a fucking moto in six motos. Oh, yeah. He's, he, and dude, he hasn't been close. Dude, he's, he's not pumped. He is not pumped. Yeah, I wouldn't be either. I wouldn't. Be, and see, this is what I talk about. Not so much Jet as personally, but what happens when this, when the industry puts all this emphasis on him being generational talent and him being the next big thing and doing this. Like I said, I'm not talking about Jet personally. I'm talking about all the people around. When you make claims, oh, generational talent, he's going to be the next big thing. He's going to win all these titles. 
And then when you go six motos in a row, and that's the thing, dude, you even recognize this being a jet fanatic. Those six motos, he's not been fucking close to winning a moto. Like it's not even, not even fucking close. And dude, and you can even say in the first moto, like, look, he, even without that stupid crash with Moseman riding way over his head, going down in front of him, he had the whole, what first, what was it? 15 minutes behind RJ and RJ was inching away from me, closed back up. And then RJ, once the one he got around Moseman, was gapping Moseman. And then fucking Jet and Moseman were going at it for whatever that lap was. So you still can't even guarantee that had that not happened, that he, he was going to win that moto. Because when he got into second after he got around Moseman, he had five seconds and RJ pulled on him. So, yeah, dude, I don't blame him for not being fucking happy. It's probably because he's got all this fucking people in his ear saying, dude, you're the next big thing. You're the next big thing. You're the next big thing. And he hasn't fucking won in six motos. Yeah. Yep. Nope. It's definitely. I mean, uh, it's, def- it sucks because he's going to win this title, but it's not a good look because the six motos that he's ra- these last six motos, he hasn't been close to winning the moto. You know, you go from dominating, and that's what it was, fucking dominating. Yeah, Hunter threw his Dave in there a couple races and stuff. But don't get it twisted. Jet dominated the first half of the season, and these last six motos, like he hasn't been close to winning. Like at all, like no, I don't think you could find a person in the pits, not like not trying to like criticize him, but just talk about facts of like, hey, has he been close to winning it? And there's a person that could be like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, no, he just hasn't. Mm-hmm. Nope, you're, I you mean, know, you're, and, dude, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. And, you know, and, and that's the thing is, I don't know what you say about that because you're like, oh, he's still gonna win the fucking title, you know. So like, you can't be upset about it, but also it's a weird look. Like, I don't know how to explain it because it's not something that like, Oh, everybody loses outside of Ricky. Everybody loses races, but it's just a weird thing to think about. He went from dominating the first half of the season and these last six motos, there was at no point in any of those motos where you could go. Yeah. I could see jet winning this race. Yep. Nope. It's so like, I don't like what is you being a jet fanatic. Like, what do you think about that? Dude. So it, so it really hasn't been great. Like, um, like he's put the, he, he put in the work the first half of the year, so that, like, the second half, like, it really doesn't matter, especially because no one else can consistently put it together. I mean, we've got Hunter, who we're going to talk about. We've got Joe, who we already talked about, who's starting to put it together. But the first half of the year was so bad that it's like, even mm-hmm. even now, with the with the finishes he's having, he's he's moved into into second overall, and he's still 30-something 30 30 points down. down. Yeah. yeah. Which, at this point, even with as bad as it's going, and, and, and again, this is... This is one of those things where we're fucked up with uh with our industry and stuff. So we keep saying that oh Jet's doing so terrible, so terrible. Y- yes, he's had some. I mean, he's had some some weird motos here. Let me click on his name since I'm on the computer and I can do this. Okay, he he goes. <laughs> you know, we say this. He he was first overall at Washougal. He was fourth mm-hmm. overall at Unadilla, and he's third overall at Bud's Creek. Like. But that's what I mean, though. We do this, though, because of who he is, though. Yeah. We did the same thing with Stu. It's, it's, you're, you're totally correct, but it's, it's, it's reality. It's we do it because of who he is and what he's accomplished. Yeah. If he was just RJ Hampshire, it would be like, oh, my God, he's fucking doing great. But because, see, here's the thing, though, and this is my comment about what, why I don't like the industry doing what they're doing with Jet is when you have – and we do air quotes because they have him in bad motos. Fucking, you asked RJ, he'd be like, "Yeah, I'd fucking take those. I'd take those motos, course." Yeah, but it's because it's Jet. So, like, you see what I'm saying? It's because it's Jet, 
it's not good. Yeah. I mean, like he's, ex- he's expected to win all the fucking time, which I know is unfair. And I've said this a million times, but that's the thing though. When you start putting that shit out in the ether and you got people like Daniel Blair and, and Jace and uh, whoever else has been saying about this, it becomes a thing. Yeah. It, it's just, so, it's such a weird thing. Cause I mean, you look at the results from this year, as far as overalls go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me read this off to you. One, 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 one. Nine at Redbud due to an engine yep. failure, not his fault. Mm-hmm. Nope. Which he which he went DNF one at. Okay. Yep. yep. One, yep. one, one, four, three. And the fourth place, he has two big crashes in the first moto and gets a seventh and then goes but second. But those are his fault though. Yes. But those are his yes, fault yes, though. I'm not arguing that. And then goes second in the second moto. So he goes seven, two. And then yesterday he goes two, three for third. And it's just like, oh my god! I mean, like, God, it's so ridiculous what we put but on these. But, a, I, but yeah, but, but you are though. correct. You are correct that he is he is on this higher pedestal. So when you go two three for third, and last week you go seven two for fourth, and it's like, man, re- recency bias. Well, let's just go with this recency bias. It's like, okay, well, you fucking like, what are you fucking doing? So yeah, I yeah. think. I think if you're Jet and you really want to stamp this title, like you gotta win these last four to really stamp See, this. See, but here's title. the thing: outside of Paula, there's no reason to believe he's gonna go into Iron Man and go one-one because we we asked this question to Unadilla or after Unadilla on our show, and I said, "Well, about Butch Creek," and you go, "Yeah, he's probably pissed. He's gonna go one-one. It wouldn't shock me at all." Yep. Well, here's the thing: you can't really get much more pissed than he already is, and he still hasn't gone one-one. So outside of Paula, so we're just doing Iron Man. There's no reason to believe he can go. He's going to go one one in Iron Man. And I don't want to hear the thing of oh, last year he did it. That was that. That was last year. This is this year. This is different. So it's like, I totally agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. there's no reason to believe he's going to go one one this weekend. No, who knows, man? I mean, again, it's one of those things. It's kind of like RJ. Like it won't surprise me if he goes one one. I'll just be like, yeah, that's Jet. That's what he's supposed no, to no, fucking I don't, do. I don't, but, no, I don't see RJ doing that. Like there were, and we're going to get to this. There were some things going on with one of the, you know, a Yamaha kid, and like we're going to talk. But that's the thing, though. The thing, like I said, before we touch end this, that's the thing. Right now, is there's no reason to believe he was going to go into Iron Man and go one one at, at all. Like there's no fucking reason to believe that. Yeah. So not I, saying he can't, because obviously he's Jet. But if you're going off the last six motos, why would anybody believe that he would go one one this weekend? So here's a question for you. When Mosman wads it in front of him, that first moto, does he flip him mm-hmm. off or give him a thumbs up and say, good job, fuckhead? Like, which which one did he do? I don't know what he did. I'm going to assume <laughs> that he probably threw the, flew, like, threw the bird at him. But, I mean, here's the thing, though. It goes back to what we talked about with Romano and Adila. I think these guys are starting to realize, like, hey, man, if we just pressure Jet, maybe we can't hold this pace for 35 but if we just pressure him for a little bit and really make him start thinking about what we're doing instead of just letting him do whatever the hell he wants to do, it's going to help us. And if yeah. this keeps happening, I'm going to tend to believe that that's actually a thing. But I will tell you, so I will tell you this, though, and this was something I noticed second moto with Jet. I didn't notice it yeah. the first moto. And it's something that Stu has been talking about in his podcast is like Jet is racing towards the future. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jet. Jet's. I mean, his eyes are on the 450 class. He didn't give a shit about the 250 class anymore. His eyes are on 450 class. And one thing I noticed was when he passed somebody yesterday, second moto, he was going over a jump as he passed him. And I can't remember who it was. I wish I could. I I watched it this morning and I was like, holy shit, there he is doing it. 
as he's literally making a pass over this jump, he's looking three straightaways ahead, trying to see where the leader is. That because that's, that's where he because be that's where he was going. Yeah, but but yeah. you don't you don't see these guys do that. Like they like it's it's rare air that does that. Like a lot of these guys are making that pass and they're dialed in on making that pass and just being right there. Like I said, yeah. Jet is literally scrubbing this jump. It was one of the big like uphill triples or something, and looking mm. like two straightaways over. Like, okay, where's the leader? As he's fucking yeah. doing it, like, and I'm just yeah. like, holy shit, that is exactly what Stu's talking about. It's like he doesn't yeah, even no. he doesn't even care where the next dude is. Where's the fucking leader? I'm going there. So he, he no, for sure. I I totally agree. Like I said, as critical as I am of Jet sometimes, and I think sometimes it's more about the industry putting all this emphasis on him as of like he's the first person to ever do this. Yeah. But that's the thing though, is is that you can do that and he's once again gonna win this two fifty title, barring anything absolutely insane. But it's an unfortunate thing that you have to do though when you get into this rarefied air or whatever you what verbiage you want to use. You have to win all the time, and mm-hmm. that's a shitty thing to say. It seriously is, but Stu, Stu will tell you. RV will tell you. Ricky, he's different because he actually did it. But it's like when you win all the time early in your career, and then you start getting known, people start saying, oh, my God, this is going to be the next greatest of all time. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And it's unfortunate because our sport is an individual sport, so it gets you get that label. Like you have nobody to push the pressure off of when you're doing bad. It's all on you. He he's at a point in his career, and once again, this this sucks to say this. If he doesn't win, or at least get second, but mostly win, it's considered a fucking failure. And that's a dickhead thing to say. And I don't like that I'm saying that, but it's factual. If he doesn't win, it's considered a bad day. It really fucking is. Now, he's going to win this title, so that's still going to be the upside of this. But that's the thing, though. And you could tell, like you said, he was not fucking happy. And if he goes and it happens again in Iron Man, he's going to be even more unhappy. It's a shitty thing, but it's it's he's at that point in his career where it's like, dude, he's been so successful that when he doesn't win, a lot of people are going, well, what the fuck is he doing? Yep. He, why is he not winning now? Why is he not winning? And it's so unfair but that's where Jets had his career now, and there's no turning back, which is the wor- the the shittiest thing about all of it. Yeah, there's no turning back now. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like, there's yep. no turning back. Like, he either wins or his career is considered. Because that's why I make the comment that like, if he goes into the 450 class and he never wins a fucking title, he will be considered a failure in people's eyes, and that's mm-hmm. terrible. But it's factual. Yep. So. All right, well, let's move on from Jet here. So Mosman goes four seven for fourth. That's a good comeback coming off that head injury. So, but he was dead. Yeah, and he decides to pile drive himself into the ground in front of Jet and land on his fucking head. <laughs> Dude's fine. Everything's fine. No problem there. Jesus. No fucking problem. Fucking hazard. There. Probably He's pick, a hazard. Probably picked up the homeless guy on the side of the road on the way home too. It's totally yeah, maybe. Cool. Uh, maybe. Just, Justin Cooper goes nine four for fifth, and it's super funny because Weege goes, "Well, I heard he might be feeling under the weather this week." Guys, he had COVID this week, okay? Yeah. Believe believe whatever you want. He he was sick with whatever they call COVID nowadays. That's what he had. And you could tell. You could tell he was, you could tell. Yeah, you could tell. He was fucking hitting the wall. He was, you know, it's funny. He was not pumped to be there yesterday. No, which really freaking sucks coming off the momentum that he's had these last couple weekends. It's like, dude, 
if you go off of how he wrote at Unadilla, you'd be like, he should have been there battling for the fucking overall. And it's like, ah, man. Yep. But I thought it was funny, though, when, <laughs> and Stu made the comment when Joe fucking did that turn down coming off the, I think it, it wasn't Henry Hill. No, it was. It was the Hill. It was Henry was it Hill. Henry? Okay. Oh, yeah. So when he did that turn down and Stu was like, ooh, 2002 or 2003. And then Cooper goes railing by and I was like, yeah, Jay Cooper's probably like, you motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, ooh, Jay Cooper, not happy about that. The funny thing is is, is, is he goes, ooh, little JS7 scrub off the top there. And then he goes, oh, wait. It's JS30. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then even through the game, he was like, yeah, kind of looking like my man Bogle in there. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. God. Shout out, go. shout out Justin Bogle. All right. Sweet. We were shout just, out Justin Bogle. We were just getting it all in there. So, yeah. um, all right. Nate Thrasher goes 7 6. Uh, crashed. Was it first moto? Yeah. Th- yeah. First moto. Yeah. The first crashed. moto was running third on that off camber yeah. uh, after the finish. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Something after the like finish. that. Yeah. I don't know. So, typical Thrasher. Yep. Such a great rider. 7 6. Six for six, cool. Uh, Max, the fuck is wrong? Oh, Max, Jesus Christ, here we go. Max Volan goes five eight for seven. He's on the come Matt. up. He had better starts yeah, yesterday. Well, ran Thrasher front passed him in the second moto. Ran him oh, down, passed him. Here. So I don't want to hear. Fucking, I don't want to uh, hear. Okay. He also oh, ran down. He also ran down Mosman and passed him too. I, you know, oh, whatever. Right. I guess we're not getting credit for that. Just, let's just turn God, this Mosman down. And th- Mo- Mosman and Volan are such fucking great riders. Jesus, Man. they got ran down the second moto. Such great riders, dude. Congratulations. All right, great job. Um, anyway, so Volan, yeah, five eight for seven and good starts and ran up front yesterday for a while. So that's cool. Good for him. Um, oh boy, here we go. Hunter Lawrence, eight nine for eighth, and that was not a great day. He's real pissed off at KTM. I don't know what Hunter's fucking doing. Dude, it's not good. I, I don't know what he's doing. Good. Like, I don't I don't this is like how many times was he on like, the ground yesterday? Well, the first moto he fucking hit the banners. And then he went down. I think he was on the ground like four times yesterday. I don't know what he's doing. Like, I do not know. This is like the end of last year. This is what this is starting to look like. It's not great. Like, I don't know what he's doing. Like, he's – and here's here's the ridiculous thing is, is like, I can't, like, even make up something in my mind where I could go, yeah, Hunter could win a moto in the next four motos. No. No. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No. Mm-mm. No. Not happening. I mean, here's the thing. He better get his shit together because next year is like his year in this class with Jet moving out and uh, everybody else. So next year is like his year to do stuff. If if he doesn't get his shit together, he's not going to get it done next year either because like Joe is putting this together. Well, then he also got Vial coming over and so I mean, dude. Like, Like, he needs to get his shit together here and get it figured out. Yeah, I, it's not a good look, bro. It is not a good look because it's like starting to be one of those things that are like, can you close out an outdoor season? Like, just can you just close one out, like at all? Nope, no, we can't. That's no, I was, I was, I was thoroughly not that my fucking opinion matters, but I was thoroughly disappointed in how he rode yesterday. I'm like, dude, he was making uncharacteristic mistakes. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm like, what is going on over the Orange Camp right now? Oh, like, what is happening? It's not good. It's not good. So Jesus. And uh, now he's not even probably gonna get second in the points. No. No, not unless he gets his shit together these last two rounds. So Yeah. <clears throat> um all right. Uh G- Gilliam for Ferraris? Ferraris? Guillaume Guillaume Ferrez. Guillaume Ferrez. Guillaume Ferrez. Guillaume Ferrez. 
613 for ninth. So, I mean, super I, impressive that first moto. Dude, this is super. Like, how the fuck do you even pick this kid out of thin air? Like, I don't fucking here's the, here's the, here's the thing. And I was, as I was watching that this morning in the, in the first moto and that nice little battle that him and Joe had. And I was really glad that they had the overshed shot because you can, like, because I always talk about this and everybody else does the racecraft of these GP guys. And, like, you could tell, like, how Guillaume was connecting the track. But I'm starting to sit there and I'm watching this and I'm going, Okay, he was not near the box. He wasn't expected to. He was hanging around close to the top five for a minute, but then when Joe got around him, he gapped him. But like by the time Guillaume got into second, he had such or sixth, he had such a big gap. And I started thinking, I'm going, you know, this isn't really a good fucking look for our guys, considering Guillaume Ferez like can't even get top tens in the MX two class. And he like his best finish in the EMX two fifty class, which is like their version of like A, like is third. Yep. I'm like it's I'm not, like not that great. has no bearing on yeah, it has no bearing on like Jet and Hunter and, and Jay Coop and Joe. Like maybe maybe remove Hunter for a minute, but like those three. But I'm like, you know, it's not really a good look when a kid that can't even get a top ten in his own like version of the the two fifty class, and he comes over here because that second moto he was running tenth, and I am I assume he crashed, and he probably was just like whatever, like first race here, never been to America. 13th whatever but it's like he was a solid sixth place that first moto and like he was good it's just not a good look dude it's just not is this a permanent thing or is he literally just here to do these last three i think he's here to do the last three but i'm going to assume that it's kind of a tryout but here's the thing i don't know how it could be a tryout for star because dude they're full next year yeah i don't get that either so it's gotta be he's just here for these last three i don't know it's It's probably the last three but Dude, I'll tell you what, man, if he goes and I'm not predicting this because I don't really fucking know because this kid, his GP career is so up and down, like some motos, he'll be really fucking fast. And it, dude, he's so effortless on the bike. Like, I'm actually really happy that we get to watch him ride next week because when you watch him ride, dude, he just he's like he's like a mixture of like Christian Craig with the way he rides the bike. But then his technique is a mixture of like Porcel. He's just so effortless. It's fun to watch him. If he gets a top five at any point in these next four motos. Dude, the industry is going to be going. Are you shitting me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, he was it, the, he was the top star bike that first moto. It's not a good look, bro. It is not. It's not a good look for our series that they can just pull, as Stuke says, random kid off the street. Yeah, uh, and he goes in because, dude, I think he can get top ten these last four motos. Paul is going to be interesting because he's probably never ridden a track anything like what he's going to experience out there, but um. I don't know, man. Like, good for him. Like, that makes his stock go up, even if he has to go back home for getting a ride over there. But, yeah, I'm just sitting there. As I'm watching this, I'm going, dude, this kid is, like, irrelevant over the GPs. Mm-hmm. And he just fucking went and got sixth. Like, what the fuck is going on? Because, <laughs> like I said, when I say irrelevance, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, like, dude, he's irrelevant. Like, he's on mm-hmm. no one's radar yeah. over the GPs. Hey, man. Put, and he just got to go. Put him sixth. on a super cross track. Let's see what happens. To him though, it doesn't fucking matter because he's like, yeah, supercross is is not a thing for him. Yeah, it doesn't matter for him. Yeah. So, all right. Um. Anyway, uh. So Carson Mumford goes fourteen ten to round out the top ten there. Um. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, you got Jalik Swole goes twenty three five. Okay. That five was pretty good for him. Yeah. Not bad. Uh, McAdoo yeah. goes ten seventeen and got lapped that second moto. I don't know what the fuck happened with him. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know if he had a practice crash or something, but yeah, he was definitely yeah. off. Pierce Brown, big crash that first moto, goes 40-12 for 16. Still going to get a moto win this year? Shut up, man. Ah. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much all I got as far as 250 kids go. So, Yeah, um, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think anything really shocking. I mean, Derek Kelly, uh, Derek Kelly and Preston Kilroy are both hovering around the top 15, kind of what they've been doing. Um, Dylan Schwartz is having a rough go of it coming back, but once again, he barely has raced at all this fucking year, so got to give him a little bit of leeway on that one. It's going to take him some time. Um, I've noticed that Tyler Stepak has been riding the 250 the last couple rounds, yep. and I'm only and I'm only assuming that that is because he is maybe in for Team Guam as a 250 guy. Because there'd be no reason for him to ride a 250 at fucking all. Because, dude, he no, he's like he's on some team now. Yeah, but I just find it a little weird that he's all of a sudden been riding the 450 class the entire year, and then we go to Unadilla, and they're like, "Oh yeah, he's on a 250." Yeah, but I mean, like, I understand he's he's on a team, but like the team is like the team's not even a big deal. I don't know, man. That that was just what I heard. I haven't heard anything about the Guam situation, but maybe who knows? Yeah. So, um, yeah, anything anything else for uh, 250s or 450s as far as this goes here? I think I'm uh, pretty, no, I guess we I'm can pretty just kinda, good as far as Bud's Creek goes. Um, I mean, a couple other... Couple we other talk about Crawfordsville. What do you want to talk about? We're going to be there. Well, no, if you want to talk about the like whatever you want to talk about, but then I, like there's some just expectations and we can talk about the chick All right, coming well, shoot, in for the shoot for it. i got kev at like 7 30 so i got about 26 minutes here so just so go right, what, so, what thoughts on crawfordsville and then we'll move on to a couple other little things right, we've so, kind of heard this weekend who do you think's winner for both classes and we just got to touch on it the hayden deegan thing what do you expect okay so winner of both classes uh i am gonna go with um i'm gonna go with chase and eli split motos I'm going to go that mm-hmm. route. I'll waffle pretty hard on that. Uh, and then Jet's going to go 1-1. One, one. What is it? What is with you, dude? Jet's going to go 1-1. One, one. Why? Like, seriously. Because I said so. You don't think Jet's going to go 1-1. One, one. I know His, you're lying out your ass. If There's I, no reason to believe look, that. Here's the thing. If I go there and Jet goes 1-1 one, one, after I called him going 1-1, one, one, then after the race, we need to find him and be like, look, bro, you just went 1-1. One, one. Do you need us to come to California um to help you wrap this title and go one one out there because if you do like you can just fly me out and i'll hang out all day out there and make sure you go one one out in california also i truly believe you don't believe he's gonna go one one i think you're just saying that no i think he's there's no fucking way i think he's gonna go one one why you you said one one you've been saying one one for the last how many rounds and it hasn't happened (sighs) okay the only person at Paula, this... fine, dude. I'm not gonna argue with you, Paula. I'm not gonna fucking argue with you, but I truly fucking believe you do not think he's gonna go one one. Okay, fine, fine, even fine, you... fine. I will change. I will let you bully me into changing my answer. Great job, Matt Walker. You're fucking bully. Good job, <laughs> fucking asshole. Fine. Him and Joe split moto wins. Okay, fine. All right, and Hayden Deegan, six to nine, giggity. Jesus Christ. Kind of like what I do with his sister. Oh, you, there we you, are. You know what? This is, dude, you're bringing, you're really bringing the show down with this. Just like, just really bringing it down. Just some can't low, have a serious conversation. It's some low frequency stuff. No, man, I think that kid's top ten. 
I, I think he's in the top ten. He he hovers yeah. right around there. I don't I don't see him coming out and setting the world on fire. Look, I don't think he's uh he's Izzy Stroop and whoever else. Uh, uh um what's Canard. his nuts? Yeah, Canard of 07, and I don't think he's coming to fuck. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he, maybe like uh you know maybe like a handy um something like that. Like yeah, so like top ten, like handy maybe yeah something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, so I think Eli is going to uh, – I think that Eli and Chase will split both motos, but I think Eli gets the overall. Uh, 250s, I think that Joe gets the overall. Hayden Deegan, man, I'll call him, and I've been saying this for like the last couple of rounds. I think he'll be like where Ryder D was, and pretty much that's like 9 to 13. I just – I can't see him doing any better than that. I really don't. Not his first race. Okay, sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, I can't, I, like I said, I can't argue that. I mean, he's, I, like I said, I think he's going to float around the top 10. I just think that's what yeah. you can do. So, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Um, all right. So, uh, a couple other things from this week. Uh, so Daniel Blair is now the orange brigade manager. Um, God, that sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. God, fucking terrible. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. Uh, the uh, Vital Jamie, a.k.a. Darkseid, has a nice interview up on YouTube with him, um, kind of talking about how it developed and, and what his what he's doing with that. Um, it's interesting. I don't have a ton of thoughts on it right now. Uh, but, sucks for him. Yeah. Yeah, they're just, yeah, I don't know. It's Like I said, it's an, it's an interesting development. I'm just not sure... I, I I think Daniel Blair has some good knowledge, but I'm just not sure that that's great. But it's a big guess, role for him. Yeah, but I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, yeah. uh, and then the other thing, um, dude, Jeffrey Hurling's going to Star Star Yamaha for 2023 outdoors. God, that'd be so cool. Like I said, if he goes if he goes Star Yamaha outdoors, it's game wrap. It's a perfect season. Yeah, and okay. So for any of you who watched Cooksey's live um, post practice or practice wrap live the that show. I hijacked yesterday, um, <clears throat> Cooksey was he he brought up the the secret test, which I, I think is is a secret that everyone kind of knows about now. Uh, basically, there was a day that Star Yamaha closed down the goat farm. Bobby Regan was the only one there with a rider on who was test riding a bike. Um, no one knows who the test rider is yet. We we no one's figured this out. I'm sure it'll get out, and I'm sure at some point in the next couple weeks, because like I said, it is like the worst kept secret ever now uh, that. Uh, as to who was actually out there now there's been rumored that it was ken roxon out there testing the bike which okay could be um it's been rumored uh uh that it was cooper webb out there testing out the 2023 to sign his contract for 2024 which i don't think that's the case because i think it's way way too early for him to be out there although jace and ben townley were like yeah that's that that could be but I don't I don't agree with that. I don't I yep. fully don't agree with that. There's no reason he would ride a brand new bike like that a year before he's even gonna remotely sign. Mm-hmm. Like there just isn't any way. Um But then then it's been brought up too, and this was kind of this was something that I saw on Twitter and it kinda caught some fire. Um uh uh there there was at some point and maybe this was all made up, but at some point, and it's back now, 
Jeffrey Hurling's Instagram had no KTM pictures on it. There was a screenshot yep. of Hurling's Instagram profile with zero pictures of him on KTM. Um, again, they're all back now, and I don't. Maybe somebody made it up. They photoshopped it. Whatever. It's a weird thing to do. Um, we have heard rumblings. He's not happy with KTM. We've we've seen this, and if you like, I said, if you listen to RJ Hampshire's podium speeches yesterday, no one is pumped on on the KTM's Huskies or gas gases from 2023. They are they are huge failures. The bike doesn't work. No one seems to like them in the pro ranks. No one's doing well on them. Um, and, and we've heard rumblings that 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 uh, Hurlings is not pumped on ktm um nope so you you combine that with a super secret test that no one's there for and it's like well did hurlings come over and ride the bike is hurlings gonna gonna come i mean i know he wants to do the world championship but money does talk and i know he gets paid well over there but i don't know this is just this is a rumor i'm getting going here so we'll see how much fire this catches but um I'm a, and I'm going to put a couple feelers out here and see if I got anybody to take any bites on this. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting interesting development. So, If Hurlings came over and rode for Star Yamaha, that would literally just set the whole industry on fire. <laughs> it's super interesting, man. I don't know. He's just not happy with KTM. He's just not. Like, he even made it, and this is not secret, this is public knowledge when he was on Jace's show. He's talking about how, yeah, man, like we were, you know, setting feelers out there. We were talking to other teams, like wasn't really super pumped, all this kind of shit. Like, you know, so like he's not really happy with the way KTM's going. I don't think he likes the fact that DeCarly is not his team manager anymore because they moved over to Gas Gas, you know. And then there was this whole thing with Prado. And Prado is another guy that's not super pumped on the whole fucking KTM enterprise. Like, even though he's riding a Gas Gas, still KTM. Yep. You know, the Husky guys aren't doing diddly dick squat over there. Um, so, yeah, dude, it's just like, look, here's the thing. Hurling is one of the very few guys that have ever raced this sport outside of Stu, Chad, and Ricky that when he makes a comment to someone about something, it gets taken serious within a snap of a finger because he has that much leverage. Whether people like the dude or not, he's proven himself. He's a moneymaker to whoever he's doing something for. So when he makes a comment that like, yeah, like, you know, we were talking to other teams, like, look, it makes everyone take notice. And I know that people are like, oh, you're blowing it out of proportion. Look, if this was any other person, we wouldn't be sitting up here making a comment like that. But because it's a guy like Jeffrey fucking Hurlings, it's a thing. And when he says he's not happy with a with a team that he's been with literally his whole entire career, yep. outside of last time he rode a 85, it's a big fucking deal because KTM, don't get it twisted has literally bent over backwards, turned sideways, and put themselves inside and out to give Jeffrey whatever the hell he's ever wanted. Paid him a whole buttload of money. And when he makes a comment, yeah, you know, we were talking to other teams. Holy shit, that's a big deal. Yep. So, 100%. Yeah, man, we don't know if it's true. It's it's a thing. It could be. Maybe we're grasping at straws. Maybe we're not. Whatever. But I'm telling you, dude. If if it was if it was Jeffrey, and once again we don't know, but if it was Jeffrey, if it really was, because you have to start thinking about who are the few guys right now that would warrant Bobby Regan telling everybody to get the fuck out. Yep. And if it was Jeffrey. Yep. 
I just, dude, I, that would be like the biggest explosion of news in the industry in a very, that'd basically be like the, the equivalent of when Ricky moved from Honda to Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Well, and the thing is, is like, dude, it, I don't even think this would be as much of a talking point if it wasn't the, as secretive as it was, because people like Chad, people like Roxanne, people like Eli, they ride these bikes before they yeah. sign, okay? Yeah. So it's just super duper weird when a whole compound gets shut. Because usually what ends up happening is somebody comes in to ride or they take the bike somewhere for somebody to ride. And it's just like, I mean, it's just an un unwritten rule. And they just go around and basically say, like, don't take, a don't take any pictures of this. Don't fucking yeah. tell anybody. But to shut it down and have no one there. Yeah, is, and, and is we've the talked about this too. Thing. Yeah, and we've talked about this too with Kenny. It would make no sense that it'd be that secret because his contract's up with Honda. Yeah. There'd be no reason to be that secretive. Like, no. look, if his contract wasn't up, it'd be like, okay, that makes sense. But because it's public knowledge that his contract is up with Honda, there's no reason to be that secret. And your point with Coop, and I don't understand why no, like everybody's buying into this. Why in the hell would he test a bike a year in advance? A year in advance. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Like that, it, it doesn't. That doesn't add. That doesn't add up. I'm sorry. That doesn't add up. I know that the the people that have said this are way more in the know than we are. But being logical, which our industry is not fucking logical, but sometimes you have to be logical. Yeah. That would make no sense at all. Now, if you were telling me that this was happening midsummer 2023, I'd be like, yeah, totally, definitely, definitely, totally makes sense. It's summer 2022. Coop's contract's not even up with KTM until the end of 2023. It makes no fucking sense. Mm -hmm. It makes no sense in the world. So you have to start deducing the fact of, could it be Jeffrey Herlings? Could it? Maybe not, but it could be. It could be. Because it'd be the only other person in the world that I would think of that would warrant everybody to get the fuck out. Yep. So, I don't know, man. It's super interesting. Like I said, I'll put some more feelers out. Maybe next week I'll have some more ironclad stuff trying to figure yep. this out. But we'll we'll see what we can come up with. But... Well, all right, buddy. Thank you for uh, for coming on for this here. So um, we will, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week for Iron Man. Iron Man show going to be a lot like our Red Bud show. We're going to do a lot of walking around and talking after the race in the pits and see who we can talk to and talk to as many guys as we can. Um, so thanks, buddy. I will, uh, I will see you uh, Friday morning, I guess. All right. See you. Later. All right, everybody. So we're gonna take a uh, we're gonna take a quick little break here. We'll come back with with Kevin Morantz to talk about how his Buds Creek weekend went, and uh, yeah, then we'll get the show wrapped up. So give me just a second. We'll be right back. Hello. All right, Kevin Morantz, what's up, bro? Welcome to the show. Heck yeah! Are we already on? We're on, dude. We're on. It's you. It's you. I like it. Me. This phone call making shit happen. <laughs> we don't. We don't have all the boys. No, Justin. Uh, Justin went to the races with me yesterday, and then he had some shit. Uh -huh. I guess he had to do today, so he didn't come in. So like, I just got off the phone with him because he just called in and to do the show. So, so yeah. So there's a there's a total phone show. We're totally totally phoning phoning it up. So <laughs> I like it. Let's do it because I think I bored and like. 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So let me just yeah. start. What the fuck happened yesterday in qualifying? Uh, which one? 
because Either- I wrecked three times. Oh, oh, so we had a good day. All right, cool. That's why we were 41st. Yeah. All right, great. Yes. <laughs> so, um, no, definitely had the speed to actually qualify straight in, uh, which, I mean, obviously, yeah, we got Caroli back, so we got another good rider, which obviously feels pretty stacked right now. However, uh, I had the speed to get straight in. Um, I wrecked on the third lap. Uh, first qualifying session that kind of bent my stuff up, whatnot, still was able to kind of put a, a decent time together, made some big suspension changes, just went softer in the front end, which helped a ton, uh, going into, um, qualifying two. So that helped a lot. However, I crashed twice in the qualifying, the qualifying two, which everybody was going faster. I even went like a second faster. However, I needed like a second and a half faster, mm-hmm. but I, I, I crashed because that's actually because your boy Piazza. Uh, so it's not really not really his fault. He didn't know, but he was riding right in the main line, slow on the inside, right before the big uphill triple. Ah. Uh, so I was forced to go outside of him to try to make the inside still. But like, just like you know, in qualifying, it's very slippery outside of the main line. So I was pushing the limits and the slippery shit. So ended up coming into that rut and just standing right up and going right over the bars, like. I don't. I'm think my. I haven't looked at my GoPro on my bike. For sure, he got it. But somebody else got a video of it too, so it'll be in the vlog. But um, so yeah, went right over the bars. So that screwed that lap. And then I got stuck there, and I was trying to get out. So that took a little bit. Um, and then yeah, coming around for my next fast lap right after that, and um, somebody else was going slow in the main line, so I had to try to push to go a little bit around them. And both tires just came out of under me, flipped over the bars, and went into the banners and everything. I'm just like, geez, Louise completely destroyed my clutch lever, everything like that. And I still had to go out and set a faster time, which I'm pretty sure I did after that. Um, but my bars were all bent up. My bike was all bent up. So I just didn't, uh, it just didn't happen. You know what I mean? It's nobody else's fault. It's what everybody has to deal with. It just didn't pan out in my favor. Let's put it that way. So it sucks when people do ride in the main line, but at the same time, when you only have a line or two in each corner where everybody's going, it's kind of tough to stay out of the main line. So, Part of it. That's what happened in qualifying. Uh, was pretty unfortunate. However, I felt good, so I was pretty confident going into the LCQ. I knew if I get good starts, man, I'm a good enough racer to stay up there. I'll be fine. But like the last weekend in Unadilla, when I got a terrible start, it just it's a lot harder. It makes things a lot harder on you. So was happy to get a good start. Ran it up there. I was a little bit faster than Meshi in some spots. He was faster than me in some spots. So we got up front early. I was pretty close to him. At the same time, knew I didn't really have anybody behind me. And I'm not really stressing about trying to win an LCQ because you don't get any really anything for it like you do for Supercross. So, yep, just kind of rode it in, rode it smart because, you know, first, second, third, fourth, it's all the same. You're just getting into the motos. So into the motos we went and, yeah, just kind of built throughout the day. Struggled a little bit in Moto 1 and then just made some good suspension changes even going into Moto 2 and it made it even better yet. So a lot of progress with the bike on the day. But, yeah. Still struggling, but better than last weekend. Wait, you were you finished fourth in the LCQ? No, I got second. What? Dude, I swear to God, the fucking thing said that you were like fifth. Now I'm fucking now I'm fucking confused. Now I'm confused. Dude, time timing and scoring was messed up all day. Oh, well that AMA never change. Never mind. That explains it. So Yeah. Okay. Like I came off after the last moto, I we I figured I was going to be second or third to line up in the LCQ. I was yeah. like fifth or sixth. I'm like, where did this happen? Where did this come from? I was like, all right, whatever. Maybe I just didn't see some of the times. 
and then uh, came back to uh, finishing even the second moto. I went over to see what I ended up overall, and they couldn't even tell me because everybody's scores were messed up. It had me as a DNS. Um, I'm like, uh, I'm pretty sure I started. Unfucking real. Unfucking real. Well, AMA never changed. So, well, hey, man, glad you made it in. Because, yeah, I looked and you were like 41st in times, and I was like, that's weird. And then, uh, and then I looked at the LCQ and it was like, you were like fifth. Because me and Justin were at the race and I was looking it up and I was like, ooh, Kev didn't make it. And he's like, what? And then when I was watching the motos last night, I was like, oh, well, Kev must have got in as an alternate or something. But okay, no, never mind. You qualified it. Straight in. God damn it. The AMA sucks so fucking bad. Like, how can we not do scoring? How is this fucking possible? Like, it's I don't understand, man. I mean, it's the top of our sport, and we can't even. Every fucking weekend. And then you wonder why World yeah. Supercross is coming in and shaking the bush, and you guys are fucking nervous. It's because you can't even get your shit together on scoring at the fucking race. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Never change, AMA. Never change. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So one of your relatives was up at Redbud racing with me yesterday. So, oh yeah, you you may ran into Ryan then, didn't you? Uh, well, I didn't run into him. Um, I ran into your boy uh, Schroyer there uh, in the infield when we were watching, and he's like, "Dude, I think Kevin's brother's here racing B class with me." And I was like, "Huh?" So I text your mom because I knew you weren't going to text me back yesterday. Yeah. And I was like, "Is your other son up here racing?" He's like, and she's like, "He's at Bud's Creek." And I was like, "Well, there's a Ryan Moran's here at Red Bud. Like, who? What? And he, oh yeah, that's it's uh, uh your dad's uh whatever brother Cousin or something. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, all right. She's like, you met him at Iron Man. I was like, yeah, don't remember that. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So super, cr- dude, man. I meet a ton of people. All right, you do. You know, you meet a ton of people too. Yeah. And it's just like you remember some, some you don't. It's like, dude, there were a whole, there was a whole clan of you Morans down there, Iron Man last year. All right, bro. Like, yeah, fuck. Exactly. Exactly. So, anyway, uh, by the way, your mom is super jazzed up for me to come hang out at your place. Um, She told me... After the Supercross build? Yeah, she told me to make sure that I text her and let her know when I'm coming because uh, you won't (laughs) tell her. And, uh, yeah, yeah. so, anyway, I had a nice conversation with her. Can't wait to see her next weekend, so... Yeah, next weekend. Oh, yeah, duh, because you guys are coming to Iron Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll be there, bro. Yeah. We'll we'll be there. I'm about it. Make sure sure you get us on the list here, bro, because I'm not trying to stand in the stands and watch, all right? <laughs> I got you. So, um, yeah. So, uh, cool. Yeah, awesome. Well, that's great to know that you fucking actually made it in without having to be like a fucking what's it called? Because yeah, because we were very a give me spot. Yeah, because we were very like, what in the fuck is happening? So, yeah, dude. Trust me. When I was when I went to the LCQ, I was like, dude, if I don't make the motos for the second week in a row, like, what the hell am I doing? So yeah. yeah. No, I, I rode good in the LCQ, and we just made progress with the bike all day. Struggling qualifying, just staying on two wheels, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, it's kind of a good thing because it means I'm finally starting to just push myself a little bit more in qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got to keep it on two wheels because, you know, honestly, I've wrecked more in Bud's Creek than I did I have all season. So hmm. uh, it's just part of it, trying to push myself a little bit, finally getting to that point and uh, just making it happen because I'm tired of going to those damn LCQs. Yeah, what was the, what was the crew you had yesterday with you? Uh, I actually had Matt uh, Silva, I think. I don't know, Matty Silva. He's a uh, long story short. He's a racer, but he has uh, injured wrist right now, so he wasn't able to race. Mm. Then we had um, I don't remember what his last name is. I think it's it's Max something, Max G. But he was from the the collective experience, came out and he helped as well. So okay, we had a solid little 
little clan group making everything happen. Sweet. Yeah. So, well, I think we're, I think Tom Cooper's going to come with us because um, we called him yesterday. He was on the fence because he's got a birthday party for a little cousin or something on Sunday. Um, but it's not looking promising for me to race on Sunday because it's looking like it's going to be about a thousand degrees all weekend. So, I'm just not about that life anymore. I'm about racing when it's like, yeah. I don't know, like 75 out and like partially cloudy yeah. with low humidity. Like that's my life right now. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So I think, like I said, we'll be down there. We'll definitely be down there Friday. We'll be there Saturday. So Tom's probably coming with us. Cause we're probably coming back Saturday night after we, after the race is over. So yeah, so it should be, should be the three of us, but I'll obviously keep you posted here. So you're, you're flying back right yeah. now. Yep, yep, get ready to board as we speak. Late flight, huh, bro? Late flight. Indeed, indeed. Sucks. So, where's the... Oh, uh, we're getting called right now. All right, man. Well, thanks for calling Wait, what, in. What were you going to say? I said, no, where's, go ahead and say where's the practice track this week, man? Uh, be, I was actually just talking to Benny about this, because I think Bloss is trying to find a place to ride, because his, his uh, water truck is down, but it probably be the Manhattan sand track that I've been going to. Oh, okay. Is um did you get it did you figure anything out for straight rhythm yet or um kind of I got an invite to ride somebody else's bike. Mm. So I have to figure out whether I want to take that or try to get it on my own bike. Mm. So I don't know. I mean hopefully that means that at least I'll be racing it. Um also might be something in the works for Paris Supercross again, so I don't know, we'll see. Mm. But uh yeah, I don't know. Just getting ready, just just trying to get through outdoors first, so we'll see. Well, we only got one more, bro. So indeed, so. finish strong. Yep, exactly. All right, man. Well, we will. Uh, we will see you this weekend, buddy. All right, sounds like a plan, my man. All right, later, bud. Thank you. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, Kevin Moran's everyone. Brought to you by the Dirt Bike Depot. Make sure to check them out for all your uh, new slash gently used uh, Pro MX gear, including a lot of Alpine Star boots that you cannot get anywhere else. Um, and that's basically the show for this week. Sorry that the uh, format was a little different. The format um, next week where we're at the race will be, again, much... It, it'll be the same thing as when we were at Redbud. We're going to, like I said, walk around with the GoPro after the race. We're going to talk to as many people as we can, give our thoughts immediately after the race. So if some of our info is a little off, sorry, but we're we're doing what we can uh, next week there. Because, yeah, because it'll be long weekend. So Sunday, we're not going to get together for a three-hour show. So um, anyway, thanks to uh, thanks to Energy Fuel. Thanks to Premier Custom Trailers. Thanks to TLR Coatings for being on board and helping us uh, get to these races and presenting this show. Thanks to all the other sponsors. Links in the description down below. Thanks to Justin for calling in. Thanks to uh, Kev for calling in before his, uh, his flight boards. And uh, thanks to all you for listening. Again, make sure, please, like, subscribe, comment down below. And uh, we'll be back next week. See ya.